are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien. Should I laugh? Should I not laugh? And Leon Searcy. This is the big boy league. Welcome in the noon hour on a Tuesday. XL Primetime, ready to crank it out. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Things cranking on both lots with an unbelievable lineup of cars, SUVs, pickup trucks, whatever you want. Beaver Chevrolet on Phillips, Beaver Toyota in St. Augustine. Now, we got all sorts of things to get into, but the biggest news is is all around the Jags. We're less than a half hour away uh, from hearing from both the general manager, Trent Baalke, head coach Doug Peterson. We're going to be able to carry those press conferences live as they are up at the Combine, and there's all sorts of Q&As going on across the National Football League. But as we open up our show, and this news came out earlier, just imagine going into the offseason – and and Shad goes to Trent Baalke, his general manager. Actually, he goes to, to Lloyd from Yellowstone, and he says, uh, could you clean the salary cap up for me, please? And <laughs> Lloyd goes, whatever you need, I'll take care of it. And then the next thing you know, $26 million comes off the books. Unbelievable. And this is what we anticipated, but I just like seeing the art of the deal, it going down. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Brandon Sheriff, $26.14 million in cap space cleared up. Now, we had this conversation that Christian Kirk was going to be approached. And remember that conversation you told us about, Mia, with Trevor and all of them? This was a month ago. That's why I – We knew it was coming. I said it to several people. Like, I just tweeted it this morning, I thought, just reminding the timeline. And it turns out it was apparently breaking news. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it was reported last – Well, it's official. It still counts as that. Right, exactly. Um, As I reported last month, you know, there have been conversations between Trevor Lawrence and the players on offense about restructuring, especially knowing how large of a cap hit Christian Kirk and Brandon Scherf, among others, have in 2023, or should I say had – and now it comes to the light that mm-hmm. all of them are pretty much going to take less money on the cap number in favor of more upfront money and to ensure they're freeing up cap space so that the Jaguars can retain a lot of their free agents. James Palmer of the NFL Network building off of my report this morning and noting that the Jaguars are, quote, finished on free ev- free agent evaluations. They don't expect to be very active if even at all. They are focused on their own free agents. There is a good amount of confidence. Something will be worked out to bring back Evan Ingram. All right, so jump in on that, Leon. Like you have maintained, you know, uh-huh. it's it's the upfront cash that's good, but I, yeah. I love it that they were able to do well, it. Well, listen, when you restructure a deal, you're implicating that I mean, we may have overpaid you <laughs> last year, all right, and we're going to restructure the deal and give you money, which is fine, mm-hmm. which is fine. There's nothing wrong with getting overpaid. There's nothing wrong with a, a accelerating the market, which a lot of those guys did especially Christian Kirk. I mean, he got a little ego. He got a little chip on the shoulder about the fact that he kind of sounded the wave of wide receivers getting paid money because he was a slot receiver in Arizona and got overpaid to come here in Jacksonville, which mm-hmm. is good. So when you structure your deal, you're taking less base salary and getting more money up front as far as a signing bonus. And J.J. was asking me this because the big fella frequent this when I was in Jacksonville, <laughs> which was no problem at all. You come in there, your, your salary is a certain amount of money. They say, okay, Leon, we're going to give you this amount of money to reduce your base salary in the form of a signing bonus. Mm-hmm. And so those guys who restructured their deals, whatever money it may be, what, what, how much free money was like, it? $36 I'll give you, million? I'll give you an example. Uh, $26.14 million was freed up. Freed but, up the cap, but the, it was how much money that was 
like Christian Kirk. 36 between the three. 36, so between the three. So let's just say on average they got about 11, 12 million apiece. I'm not sure what the the number is, but those guys got a nice little hefty signing bonus for restructuring the deal, which is all good, especially in the offseason. Yeah, Christian Kirk, $32.65 million of the base mm-hmm. salary yeah. uh, for Christian Kirk. And they basically, you know, was able to rework those. So, so as a player, what's the downside of that, of doing that? The don- only downside of maybe restructuring your deal is when your base is lowered and you want to free up and get when you're free up and, and get another contract, your base will be so low, it may not be attainable to what the market is there anymore. So let's say so teams like, will use that against you and they'll say, well, you were paid X. Maybe later. They'll, trade yeah. to, they'll try to, but you'll be a little up in age anyway, so you wouldn't care. You know what I'm saying? Right. You and, won't and, care. And they know the reality of it. Yeah. It was a renegotiated contract. They got money up front. Yeah. So and it's more on the front end then, and then yeah. even for a next contract, less, you have to then start expecting you're going to get less. Absolutely. Yeah, if you, thir- over $32.5 million when you add up Kirk, Zone, Jones, and Sheriff. And, and that does a whirl of good. For, for the salary cap where they were, where they needed to be, getting under the cap, having enough money for the rookie pool, and then having enough money to make some decisions on what the offer is going to be. To if you're sheriff, why, why would you care, right? Mm-hmm. If you're sheriff and you're clearly a few years away, yeah, he, he why would the you category care? Of what Leon yeah, he's about. perfect. He, he wants that. So Absolutely. I do yeah. want to make a note here because I feel like my report and even James Palmer's report are kind of getting mis- misconstrued, not by Jaguars fans, mm-hmm. but by the rest of – the National Football League's fans, in Trevor Lawrence having those conversations with those players, in Christian Kirk and Brandon Scherf taking the money up front, taking the signing bonus, and not getting paid as much during the season, that is not a therefore knock on players like Lamar Jackson that want money. That is also not Trevor Lawrence, you know, potentially down the line still being like, well, I'm trying to set up more cap space so I get more money next year. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is like Tommy Brady and the Patriot way. That is the way that the Jaguars, at least in my estimation and in talking to people, mm-hmm. are looking at this. Moreover, that if you don't want to go that way, you could look at the Los Angeles Rams, who, yes, everyone kept saying, how is this real? How are they under the cap? They did things like this. So you shouldn't be surprised that now other teams are going to copy it. The difference is that the Jaguars aren't trading away all their picks to sign guys yeah. to these huge numbers, well, it's just guys that they either signed in free agency or they drafted or they've somehow retained. Right. The the, the thing that we got to remember is through all of this, if they were to get the deal done, okay, think of what they have done. They spent a lot in free agency, and now they're into the retention, uh, uh, retention, retention mode, trying to keep those guys around. Does that mean that they solved their problems through the draft? No, not yet. Uh, it's just basically keeping the free agents that well, they signed. Jawan Taylor would be the one draft pick that they would be looking see, for. See, here's the only concern, only concern I have with Trevor Lawrence. Because, uh, you know, with the end of the season, he said he had to sit down with mm-hmm. a bunch of guys and say, hey, listen, we want to structure, make sure we keep the core of this team together. The whole situation with Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson is $100 million away of guaranteed money mm-hmm. of him signing with the Baltimore Ravens. We ever get in a situation where Trevor's in that same situation, where it's a hundred million dollars away, where they guarantee, say, one thirty-three, but he wants two hundred. Is he going to get the hometown discount? Is that going to be in effect? Right, and and, and other and that situation is going to occur, it's going to come a lot sooner than later. Yeah, because because if he takes us to twelve and five next year into the uh, AFC Championship game, he's going to want a new deal. He's not taking the hometown discount. I, I, what I'm, what but, I'm, but I think but you see what I'm trying to say. I though. do. I absolutely do. But. If you're the quarterback, you almost can't 
Yeah, but he's because then well, you're. Well, that's the same reason Lamar's in. I mean, right, Lamar Jackson is in the same no, situation. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. You you almost can't because then you're resetting. Like you, you're know, resetting the market. You that's why they don't like you to do that. That's right. why they want you to get as much he's, cash as yeah, possible not do that. because you pressure. From the outside, from the players. Yeah, yeah I mean, yes. but, so I mean, my guess is now. he's gonna. It will be all of it guaranteed. Okay, but think that's about why. Watson. The, the, Trevor asked others to take to take. No, I know that. I that know is, that. That may not sit well. I. It may not, but you know what? That's why I say keep your hand out my pocket. Yeah, yeah. You also got to remember <laughs> yeah. too, and this that's is fair. <laughs> this is a, this is a leg up on Brady, but more comparable to Patrick Mahomes, who's still got the ten year boatload of money. Uh-huh. Um. Trevor is in almost every commercial. I mean, from the moment he entered the league, he's in Gatorade, he's in Subway, he's an Adidas guy. Yeah, he now liked to not be in that whole cyber uh, currency. Yeah, thing, no, that, not that, that crypto one. World. I mean, get it's me only, out of there. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before he flips that for State Farm. Yeah. Um, but he's got other. He's got income. Com- like I will, I will tell you this without disclosing too much. Like I have had a conversation with Trevor about mm-hmm. he has multiple sources of income, mm-hmm. and while obviously he wants to get paid for his worth, like. There are other well, sources of income too. Yeah, I, like, I understand that. I understand that, Mia. But yeah. you got to understand the quarterback core. The group yeah. is an elitist group. All yeah. right, yeah. they are an elitist group. They are the face of the NFL. There's no way on God's green earth that they group, that core that. people, right. is going to let Trevor Lawrence, who's the golden, the golden the child, golden boy, yep. golden boy, who's top ten quarterback in the NFL Football right Jesus, now, yeah. might be top five, maybe the number one when it's all said and done in the next couple of years. He easily There's could no have the way that elitist group. Year. Right. It's known as the quarterback club. It's going to let Trevor take anything less than what the market says he's going to be like six hundred. It, yeah. It's going to be crazy. If, if they go to like the AC championship game, he will be the highest paid quarterback in the Thank league. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. He, well, he, I mean, it's along just with Joe Burrow. Yes. And, yeah. I mean, it's just I, I don't know how that's anything that anybody could argue with. Yes, it's going to happen. And he yeah. may say, you know, I'd like for you guys to take money off. That doesn't mean he can't take less money down the road. Right. But now. He's got to do what's right for him and the position like, like the, in the, the other, league. The other half of the discussion, and this is just outside of the Jaguars. You can restructure the next year. Right, yeah. But this yeah. is outside of the Jaguars, okay? This is, this is the NFL as a whole, and like Leon's describing, the quarterback group. Lamar Jackson could set a new mark in negotiation with a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. That would mm-hmm. not have been done before. You got the Deshaun Watson well, situation. Is, yeah. But we're talking about going forward, that one was – Unique of unique, that was someone trying to go get that guy. This is the team that he started right. with keeping him. And if it is guaranteed, it, it will set a major precedent. And then don't think for a moment that once that precedent is set, to Leon's point, that those guys won't remind every other guy coming up that you better keep it that way. Well, if it's not set with him, it will be set with Lawrence. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. And I so mean, and, I don't know. I don't, is, this, is this college buddy still his agent? I don't, I don't know if that, that's still the case, but. Yeah. Whoever's agent is, just just walking. By the way, it's all going to be guaranteed. Uh, Burrow, Burrow, and and Herbert are the next yes guys. Yeah, so we need to remember that because Unless, after you know after Lamar, it's Burrow and Herbert. You can throw Tua in there depending on what happens this year. Well, unless something big happens next year. Trevor yeah. Beeson, then he right. then he moves in front of the line. Yeah. Maybe, they but they could I, easily maybe. sign him long term after next year if they yeah. go. Which which at a championship yeah. game, which might be the. Uh, the best thing for the team to yes. do yes. in front of it by a yes. year. Sure, that's absolutely possible. But that also may mean that Burrow, Herbert, and you just threw Hurts in there because he's he was not a first-round pick, Correct. so he's eligible now. Mm-hmm. Um, they may you know, get that big, big contract this offseason. And it'll be fascinating because the thing is, is that we are seeing firsthand for everyone that bashed Shot Khan as an owner, uh, 
eat some crow now mm-hmm. because isn't it nice to have an owner who has oodles and oodles of cash? Not saying that other NFL owners do not, but I'm not sure how deep the pockets run in Cincinnati or with the Los Angeles Chargers compared to Shad Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, the Bengals are going to have the third most cap space in the National Football League this offseason. I think that's why they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow now. They're going to have to pay mm-hmm. T. Higgins now because they have the money to do so or at least start setting up the structure to do that. But I'm very curious to see. You know, I think you have to pay them the market's value because, like Leon said, the quarterback club demands mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. But do you have to say goodbye to some other people around them just to pay them? Mm-hmm. And that's the tough decision. Let's just use Dak Prescott as an example. Dak Prescott got that huge contract, uh, and he made up whatever, 35 to 40% of the overall team salary cap hit. Uh, and now they're second-guessing Dak because he's not winning the most important games. Uh any, anybody with the last name Jones in Dallas is having to defend Dak these days. Uh, I love Stephen Jones when he comes out. He goes, look, it, everything you could possibly want in a quarterback. And then he goes, dot, dot, dot. He goes, uh, you know, other than, you know, maybe a playoff win. Uh, you know, everything else is, is great. And so they're putting some pressure back on Dak. Hey, we paid you, pal. We had to say goodbye to Amari Cooper because it was too costly. And we may have to say goodbye to other guys because of the cost that, that, that you're putting on our books. And then that pressure grows, and you got to make sure that you can deliver and that you have enough good guys. But for the here and now, you can look at Trevor's contract and Trevor's bringing together this team as a leader, getting enough guys to say, hey, all right, I'll take a little bit. I'll help you with the cap. You give me some upfront money, and let's move on, and we'll see where it goes. All right, you guys can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. Uh, your thoughts on those guys resigning, your prediction, percentages of – the team getting Evan Ingram done. Uh, any of those, 641-1010, we will jump in on that. Uh, we do plan to carry the presser uh, coming up around 1230, courtesy of the Jaguars.com. So that'll be coming up. Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevrolet, they've got everything for you on both lots. They've got great people. Obviously, the lineup is strong. You want to make sure that you're shopping online to start. Get everything you want. Beaver Toyota, St. Augustine.com, BeaverChevrolet.com. Now, here's another piece of news that we at least need to hit on because there's all sorts of things going on at the NFL Combine. Derek Carr <laughs> doing a little bit of a, an interview tour with a number of different teams. You've got Sean Payton showing up at the podium, having to answer all these questions about Russell Wilson. You've got the talk, the chatter of that number one pick overall maybe being moved heck you've got netflix star marcus mariota released by the falcons this morning you don't want to look at what the nfc south's quarterback lineup looks like folks it is a wasteland sorry kyle trask stands yeah it's all desmond ritter now up in the atl at least for now and Jameis winston was in one of the booths talking about where he'd like to go and what he'd like to do you got all sorts of things happening down there the you know the the nfc south the land of kyle trask potentially desmond ritter um, who knows exactly what's going to happen in, in New Orleans. And, and, of course, Carolina's looking and shopping. And, by the way, a shout-out to a former Gator, a guy with Gator ties, I should say, and that, of course, is Brian Johnson, yep. was the quarterback coach for the Eagles. Uh, shout-out to a certain whisperer that mm-hmm. uh, kind of gave me the heads-up last week that this would be happening. Brian Johnson has officially been promoted to offensive coordinator, replacing Shane Steichen in Philadelphia, and obviously was the offense coordinator in Gainesville under Dan Mullen was a big reason why Kyle Trask ascended to Heisman finalists. Yeah, I was going to bring it up to Matt as I'm looking at it that that he's been promoted, and you want to talk about like one star's going up while the other star's kind of in decline. That was Mullen's guy, and he was given a lot of credit for what he was doing offensively and as a quarterbacks coach. And he's plucked out of the Mullen coaching staff up to Philly 
and he's been nothing but a rising star since then. You got to give it to him. He's. I will tell you this, okay. Even even as early in his early college days, when he had finished playing, okay, he had just followed Alex Smith as a start at Utah. I mean, everybody for the most part, people knew he wasn't going to play in the NFL, but that he was a high IQ guy. He knew the game, loved the game, was very good at it, very good at the X's and O's, very good at seeing things, plays others did, and he was calling plays for himself as a senior. He was going to be that type of guy. And he just rose quickly. Yeah, yeah. It is awesome to see. It really is. All right, so we'll get you set. Hopefully we'll be able to hear from both Balky and Peterson. Uh, the Frangie Show is up there, boots on the ground, uh, as they'll have their show a little bit later on. It's XL Primetime on a Tuesday. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 26 minutes past the noon hour on a BEAU Tiefel Tuesday in Duval County. Me, O'Brien, Joe C., Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, JJ LaSelva joining you here at 1010XL headquarters. We are going to hear from Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson and general manager Trent Falky coming up in just a little bit. We will carry the press conference on our radio Station, So that is the terrestrial radio. If you are listening on 92.5 FM, 1010 AM, continue listening, all is well. If you are listening on the app, flip on over to the Jaguar social channels, and that is where you will be able to hear from both the GM we can't and head carry coach. It. Uh-huh. We are not allowed to carry that, but you can listen on the radio, and you'll be able to hear those two press conferences coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, uh, so jump in on that. I mean, there's there, there's all sorts of things that can come out of this, but you know, for the most part, they're going to be – Somewhat guarded, that's for sure. We're going to head to the presser now. Yeah, I'm just I'm just happy and thrilled for Frank and his family, and um, he means a lot to me. Obviously, helped me win a championship, you know, in Philadelphia, and um, I knew it wouldn't be long. You know, he's a great coach, he's a great mentor, he's a great teacher. He played this game for a long time, so um, just excited to. Get him out of our division and uh, and get him get him in Carolina. He played it. He understands the mentality. He understands the mindset of the quarterback. Um, and and sometimes that's what it takes. He played this game. He played it as a backup. You know, just like I did for so many years. And and um, I, I think there's a you know there's a mentality there that that you can really pass on to to quarterbacks. And and he's got a um, you know a really good feel for that. Your experience can momentum carry from season to season and what's maybe the challenge you guys have in building off of what you guys did last year and having an opportunity. Well, I, I think momentum can carry you, but every year is different. You know, we're, we're all 32 teams are starting over, you know, and everybody's zero and zero. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to build the best roster, um, just like the 31 other teams right now. But we can we can learn from what we did, especially the second half of our season. Um, I feel like we got the right guys, the right makeup, the chemistry, the locker room is solid, and, and those are the things you build on. You know, that's the momentum that you're talking about with those guys right there, and guys that have been in Jacksonville, you know, and 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 they've they've kind of gone through some tough times, and now you know this past year they they got on the other side of that, and so that's the challenge now of keeping that rolling uh, as we head into 23. Well, Chad was kind of a free agent, 
And, um, you know, uh, I actually got a chance to coach him when I was a, an assistant coach in Philadelphia. And um, he's just a – he again, he, he played the position. He knows it. He's got a great mindset. He's energetic. He's a great teacher. Um, you know, and so those are, those are all kind of the traits that you look for uh, in assistant coaches. And, um, you know, he was the top guy on my list. Do you think the core of your team returning thinks of themselves as the team to beat the NFC South, and do you want them to think that way? You definitely want them to think that way, you know. Um, I, I want them to feel that kind of pressure, you know, where you have to perform week in and week out. You know, but in, the, in this past year, we were just, um, you know, playing to win a game, and, and, then, and then ultimately we find ourselves – you know, winning more games at the end of the season, putting ourselves in a position to win the AFC South. But now those are the expectations that, that, that I, as the head coach, expect our football team to have. And, and that'll start, you know, April 17th when we, when we start our offseason program. How does it going? I don't know. Um, he hasn't been cleared yet. So I'm just waiting for that day, anticipating the day that he can um, – he's cleared by the NFL. And uh, we're looking forward to that day. I can only go off what I've seen on film. And, um, you know, he's excitable. He's a, he's, he's a top receiver in this league when he's, when he's on his game. Um, I'm excited when that day comes that we can embrace him, you know, in, onto our team. And, um, you know, he gives us uh, uh, just another, another weapon potentially uh, for Trevor. We really don't. No, we really don't. It's it's in the league's hands, but uh, you know we're just waiting waiting for that day. The Browns hired Jim Schwartz, their team coordinator guy. Obviously, another guy you won a championship with. But what is it that made him so effective? You know, Jim's been. He's also been a head coach. You know, in this league, he's been a coordinator for so many years. Uh, also in this in this uh, in this league, he knows his players. He builds relationships with his players. He gets the most out of his players, and um, he's another one that's a really good teacher. Um, he understands the game, and he, he's going to be a good fit there, you know, with, with Coach Stefanski and, and uh, everything they're doing in Cleveland. Doug, what's the next step for Trevor? What's kind of your challenge? I think the next step for Trevor um, is just another step in, in, in the leadership role, right? You know, last year was probably about, you know, learning learning a new offense, learning to play this game, learning the, a bunch of different aspects of playing quarterback in the National Football League. But we just, we just build on that. That's the next step. That's the challenge for him, again, to take as great as he was and as good as he was at the end of the year, he can be better. You know? and, and that's the challenge that, that we'll have for him uh, when he gets back in in April. And, and uh, I know that'll be the, 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 the challenge that he'll put on himself to, to play and and be a be a better you know uh, version of himself moving forward. Doc, when you're sitting at pick number 25, you're kind of playing the waiting game. What are some philosophies and traits that make you want to either move up in the draft or trade down in the draft? I mean, you know, listen, the, the draft is a funny thing, and um, you know, we're fortunate to be down. I think we're at 24 um, this year, and um, you just you just play the waiting game. Obviously, you know, if there's somebody, a player ahead of ahead of us that, that you may want to grab you, you, you try to you know try to make a move to grab that player but a lot of times when you're you know in the bottom you know third of the of the draft you just you just wait and, and sit and uh, maybe there's teams that want to come up and maybe you can 
gain more capital, right? Draft capital as you as you, uh, as you sit there at 24. So a lot of options there, um, and hopefully the player that uh, you know we target is sitting at 24. We take him. Having had the staff for a full year, you know, last year it was obviously like only three weeks that you guys have been together. How different is it now to have the full staff? Well, it's great to have the full staff. It's great to have a full year under our belt. You know, this offseason has been a lot different, been different for me uh, from that standpoint. Um, you know, and now we can we can just kind of focus on this, the free agency that's coming up. We can focus on the draft coming up and, and spend our time going back and watching, watching our season, our scheme of Al you know, a uh, process and, and trying to make things better. And um, that's the that's the that's the, the fun part now about what we do, right? Is is helping helping our team get better, you know, for this year. You got to follow up? Uh, yeah, follow up How important is it to just maintain continuity with, with, with the team? Obviously, you have a bunch of free agents. How important is it to keep everybody together? I, I think it's everything. You try to keep your core together. You know, you try to sign as many or your free agent players as you can. You know, this business, uh, you're gonna lose some. We know that. You try to sign them all uh, if you can. Um, and we've got some talented guys that, uh, you know, we'd like to like to have back. But, um, you know, we'll wait and see, see how the process uh, plays itself out. Um, but I think the difference the difference for us is these are really good players that we'd like to have back. And then you build you, you build through this process, right? You build through the draft and, and uh, just add, add depth and talent that way. From a scouting perspective, do you believe that multi-sport athletes end up making better football players overall? Well, if you think I'm a, I was a basketball and a baseball guy, so maybe, but I wasn't drafted. Um, I, I think, I think that playing multiple sports could help. You know, you've, you've got a, you got a background in, um, in different aspects, different sports, different teammates, different rules, all kinds of things. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, when they get here, they're football players, and and we got to coach them as football players, and uh, they got to be able to come in and, and help us win. Balancing as a play caller as a coach, how difficult a challenge is that to kind of balance those two responsibilities? Well, this time of year, you're not calling plays. Um, you know, you're helping build your roster, and you're you're helping Trent Balky and his his team to you know better the roster. But as you get into the regular season. You know, it's um, there's a balance, there's a fine line there. You got to make sure that you are are studying and preparing uh, yourself to, to call to call a game, and at the same time, you're also managing the roster and you know who's going to be up on Sunday, who's not, and things like that. But you know, that's why you compartmentalize things a lot, and um, you know, just uh, having done it now for you know six years, it I don't want to say it gets easier, but the but the 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 whole process gets a little simpler for you. I'm wondering particularly how sneaks have evolved and push push that part of the game. Do you think that should be viewed as part of the game? Should it not be particularly with stacking guys behind Well, I guess until they change the rule, it's going to be a part of our game. Um, you know, it'll be obviously be a, it'll be a, a topic at the at the league meetings. You know, coming up at the end of March, and competition committee, I'm sure, is you know looking at a lot of data and, and different things right now. Trevor's length helps. Um, you know, you you alluded to that earlier. He was able to dive over the pile for a couple of touchdowns um, this year for us, and also uh, you know some valuable third and ones, fourth and one situations. We have to get better as a football team. It's a valuable part 
um, you know, of your of anybody's offense. You know, you, you saw what Philly did and has done with uh, with with their offensive line and Jalen Hurts and and um, you know, and that's 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 a great example of uh, you know using using uh, the tools and resources you have to you know execute that play. Well, number one, they, they, they've got to be able to, um, you know, it, it's an unselfish role. you got to take a back seat because normally it, it's hard for a quarterback, especially a backup quarterback, because you want to play, right? And I think about our guy, C.J. Beathard. I think about even Nick Foles and Philly and myself and, you know, Frank Reich we talked about. You know, but the thing is you want them, you want them to push the starter but don't threaten the starter. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, that's why we've got a really good – it was great to get C.J. signed for a couple of years. And um, he's, he's, the, he's the perfect guy for Trevor because he's, he's, he's a veteran guy. He's played. He's started games in this league. He knows our offense. And he can really be another set of eyes for, the, for, for Trevor. And, and, and that's what a backup does. And, and you push him from the standpoint of making Trevor better, but at the same time you're never threatening that position, right? And, and – um, CJ is the perfect. I know he wants to play, and he had an opportunity maybe last year, potentially, you know, with, with Trevor's injury and um, and all of that. But um, to me, that's what that's what makes a, a solid backup. Uh, what stands out to you about this year's draft class? Are there particular positions you see as having maybe more depth than others? Yeah, every every draft class every year is different, you know, and. And, um, you know, for, for us as coaches, this is the first time, too, you know, that we get the chance to see these guys, you know, because, you know, we just, we just finished our season about a month ago. And, and um, you know, so we're getting our first, first look at a lot of these guys. And, and there's, some, there's some talent in this, in this year's class. And that's the whole process is coaching and scouting coming together and, um, you know, really having some, some great conversation, dial. You got to watch the film. You got to watch the tape. Um, you know, and make great evaluations and, um, you know, prepare yourself for the upcoming draft. Uh, Travis Etienne had his first real uh, experience under his belt after this season. What did you like from him after that first year? And what are some things you looked at or you're looking for him for next year? I think the biggest thing for me was I loved his toughness, his physicality. I mean, he's not a big guy, but he's very physical when he runs and um, can be a, can be elusive, got good speed. And, and he's just going to get better as a runner. You know, uh, when he gets a chance to go back and watch what he did last year in our system, there's going to be times where, you know, he's going to go, ah, I should have hit it, hit it here. I should, you know, that's the that's the growth growth mentality that he'll have, and and uh, just excited for him, you know, get him back in our system again, second year, to watch the growth, um, in you know, in him, and, and really how he bounced back from that injury year one uh, in the foot to to really. Um, you know, be a really good impact player for us on offense. Hey, Doug, uh, just curious what your impressions were working with him, and what is he able to bring to the quarterback position, especially with a young quarterback? Uh, you know, Jim Bob was a was a great asset for myself, for Press Taylor, my offensive coordinator. Um, a lot of wisdom and insight to the game. He studies the game, very diligent. You know, and he's he's obviously been a coordinator before, where he's called plays. So. I just didn't want him to go into the division, um, but I'm happy for him. Great opportunity to be a coordinator again, um, and he'll have, you know, obviously success except twice a year, 
Um, but, um, you know, and, and really the way he's, you know, when he was in Detroit, you know, with Matthew Stafford, right, and then places he's been. He was a year in Philly, you know, and he saw Jalen Hurts in, in that there and, of course, with Trevor here. So he's, he understands that position. And uh, he'll be a big process, you know, or a big uh, influence, I think, in, in their process this year um, here in Indy. So um, happy for him. You know, I, I hated to see him go, obviously, but uh, I'm excited for him. Are you his friend? No. No. Um, no, you know, it's funny because Chad, I coached Chad. I was an assistant coach under Coach Reed in Philly when, when Chad came through. And I just love his work ethic. You know, uh, the fact that he's played the game, uh, tough, tough kid, great teacher, great motivator, a lot of energy. You know, those are all things that you love to see out of that receiver room. He's coached some really good, you know, Stephon Diggs. He's, he's coached some some great players, obviously. Um, and so we're excited. I mean, you know, he was he was, you know, when he, he became available, he was definitely um, the guy I wanted to get. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Great. So I wanted to know, we saw a lot of things click on offense this year. How are you preparing to take that to the next level this year? Great question. There were a lot of things that clicked. You know, it wasn't easy. Early in the season, we kind of struggled. We we had some miscues in the red zone. And, and um, you know, Trevor wasn't, uh, you know, as, as polished as he was back half of the season. But, you know, that's one of the things as coaches, we got to take the good. And we got to build on that. And so that's what we're doing now in the offseason as a staff is looking at all our, our, our positive plays, the things we did well, whether it's run or pass, and then making them better for 23. And then, and then again, we get to implement that stuff, um, you know, in the offseason program coming up in mid-April and then ultimately in training camp. So, you know, you, you, so many times in so many years, there's a lot of one one hit plays, right? Plays you, you think are going to work. You just, you push them aside and you just focus on, uh, focus on who you are as a team, uh, as you, you know, watch Trevor's plays and, and see, see what he did well and, uh, and build on that for this year. I think the biggest thing for both of those players, I mean, Chad, Luke, I mean, you throw those guys in the mix is the fact that they're finally going to have an off season to themselves. And, um, you know, they can, they can, um, they can rest, they can heal, and they can begin to, to go back and watch, watch their performances right within, within the defense. I think all three of those guys, really four of those guys put Luke in there too. They're going to be so much better this year from the standpoint of, knowing and understanding the game, how it's, how it's to be played, how it's to be practiced during the week, how to be a pro, how to study, how to take care of your body. I think those are all aspects of becoming a professional football player. And, and so all of those guys, um, that's what they're going to take away and that's what they can lean on, you know, moving on to 23. Marvin Jones coming on free agency. Obviously, Calvin Ridley coming in. But obviously, Calvin Ridley coming in. Marvin Jones going on free agency. How important is it to have that kind of ball-winning wide receiver uh, in your offense? Well, when it when it comes to Calvin right now, we you know he's not with us yet. You know we're still waiting the ruling. Um, we're anticipating that obviously, and and you know if that if that um, 
you know, if and when that comes, I mean, obviously we'll be we'll be excited. Marvin's, listen, Marvin helped us win a lot of games this year. You know, um, he was kind of he was kind of Trevor's go-to guy in, in certain situations. You know, and, and you saw him make the great catch in the Baltimore game, and you know for the touchdown there, and um, all really throughout the course of the season, very unselfish player, and and um, you know we'll just have to see. You know, again, would love to get all our players back, um, and and you know just just seeing where it's gonna where it's gonna play out. I mean, again, you can't you can't sign them all. You want them all, but you can't. It's part of this business, and um, you know whatever happens. Uh, I know Marvin's gonna be whether he's with us or somebody else. He's gonna give a you know 110% wherever he's at. Back in Philly, you have a rotation of running backs, like three or four. Are you looking to have like a similar rotation in Jacksonville? Because right now you only really have you just resigned Hasty, but you know Etn. But are you looking to maybe add more running backs? Yes. You knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think in today's game you got to have you got to have two to three guys. You got they, they got to be able to carry the load. You're talking about a. 18-week, 17-game schedule in the postseason. It's, it takes it's wear and tear on guys, you know. And and so, you know, um, we haven't seen enough of Snoop Connor yet either, you know. And and but we we like him, and we know what Jamichael can do. We obviously know what 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 you know TJ Etn can do. Um, and so, you know, yeah, you're always looking to to have two, three, four guys that can work the rotation at any given time, you know. And I would say this: the last thing I would say is. I like him to play special teams as well. And so that's a big, big part of the, you know, I, I think the, the impact of a running back is being able to play special teams. All right. Thanks. All right. So there you go. Uh, good stuff. I, I think from Doug Peterson, more than anything else, probably all Duval just likes hearing, hearing his voice. Uh, we'll hear the voice of, of Lloyd, uh, Trent Balky coming up here in just a second, but he said some interesting things. He can't, he can't comment on Calvin Ridley, right? Because they, they know they want to get him. He sounds positive when he talks about him, but then also the, the additions. And did you hear him talk about Jim Bob? I almost teared up. Uh, and, and, I knew you were the one person uh, out there that uh, as he's talking about how he stayed in the division yeah. and uh, he's going to be a leader. That's uh, your guy. Eh, he knows. Dougie knows that uh, losing Jim Bob ain't going to be easy. Cooterless Calford ain't going to be easy. But there's some holes that need to be filled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so what did you think, Leon, when you hear it? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, uh, it's it's not – I think the the biggest takeaway for me is that he said what it's been a full year, which is nice. This team has hired uh, or had a different head coach the last three off seasons. And so this guy's now been here a little over a year. It's awesome. Well, listen, the impression I got from Doug, uh, Dougie on the, the presser is that uh, there's a lot of positive – going on here in Jacksonville. He said a lot of positive things about Trevor and his leadership and he saw him growing to his own and uh, what he expects from him. Another thing he said is this team has got expectations that are different than they were last year yep. coming to this year. This team is expected to come in and win the division and make some hay in the playoffs and see what can happen. He's He said there's going to be a lot of account- accountability with different guys. He, he mentioned uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley hasn't been reinstated. Now, but Calvin Ridley has got – even though he had success in Atlanta, he's got to come here and he's got to he's got to earn our trust, mm-hmm. you know, because what he got suspended off something self inflicted, yep. you know, so he's got to earn our trust. So I mean, every I got from the press today, you know, Doug is uh, excited about the off season moving forward. Uh, he talked the, the day of guys coming back is what he said April what seventeenth is for uh, yeah I think he said guys, April seventeenth April seventeenth yeah. when the guys come back for the off season. So uh, I think he's raring to go. I think he's excited about the combine and the guys' opportunity. So. 
Yeah, a lot of positive going to Jacksonville right now. Biggest notes for me, um, the Chad Hall questions. Obviously, I'm yeah. sure there's some Buffalo media boots on the ground, so mm-hmm. a couple of them were asking about him. Appreciated knowing that he was the top guy on Doug Peterson's list. Yeah. I had seen a couple other names that were floated the Jaguars were looking at. Um, him becoming a free agent, I'm sure, was huge in that. And then that last question that you heard, if you were yeah. listening on 92.5 and 10.10 a.m., which was with regards to the running backs. And, you know, the fact that Doug Peterson said, we haven't seen enough of Snoop Connor. Yeah. We like him, but you need two, three, four guys. Yeah. And he would like for some, some of those running backs to play special teams, which – Snoop Connor can play special teams, but yep. maybe not in the role as some other running backs. Let's just see if they could develop those guys. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get ready for Trent. Yes, we got uh, Lloyd. Lloyd's coming up next. Yep. Uh, thank you to Jaguars.com for carrying these pressers live from the NFL Combine. The Frangie Show is en route. Boots on the ground in Indianapolis. We'll be having reports from them across the 1010XL social channels as well as right here on the Superstation. More from Indy coming up next on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Great to hear the leadership of the Jaguars up in Indianapolis with the Combine. We heard from Doug Peterson. Now we'll go back up, courtesy of Jaguars.com, and hear from Trent Balky. Offseason, I know the last two, you guys fit in front of the free now. Well, I think you, you answered the question, right? At the, you know, the last two years, you know, we've de- delved heavily into free agency, and we're at the point now where it's draft and develop, right? Um, we we got a nice core, a nice core of young players. Feel really good about that group with a good mix of veteran guys with a lot of experience. That uh, And the whole thing for us now is about the locker room, making sure we keep the locker room where we've got it. Obviously, pushing money into the future is not ideal, but you guys might have to use some of that this year. What sort of what, what are some of sort of the costs of doing that, and what are the benefits as well? Well, the benefits are you get a chance to keep a lot of good football players, and you know, at at some point, most teams in the league have had to do that. If you look at the now, I think there's only one team that hasn't pushed any money out into future years. You just got to be very diligent in, in the decisions that you make and who you make those decisions for. Trent, if you, have a, if you have a prospect that has a public intoxication charge, what does that do to your evaluation? How does that you know, factor into everything else that you're evaluating? You know, I think anytime there's a situation that the law has been involved with, you look into it, you get as much information as you can. Uh, it's hard to say that it's going to affect everyone the exact same way. Uh, a lot of it has to do with history, what they've been through throughout their, their careers, their lifetimes. So a lot goes into it more than just one bad decision by a, by a prospect. Can you just talk about the importance of re-signing CJ Decker obviously Jermichael Acey as well? Well, again, we're trying to keep the core together. And the core is not just frontline players. It's guys at every level of the 53. Every, every guy on that team, when you're talking about 53 players, every one of those players is important. And uh, CJ and Jamichael are two guys that are key guys in that locker room. They're key contributors, uh, not only on the, on the field, but in the community, within the, the leadership of the team. So there's a lot of things that go into that, but we're, we're glad that they're aboard for another two years and looking forward. We've, we've got a lot more work to do, as you know. 
How different is this process now? You guys have the 24th pick the last couple of years. You guys obviously had the first pick. So how, how different is it that you guys sort of evaluate maybe that latter half of the draft? Well, if we'd have the first pick in three years in a row, you'd be someone else standing here, right? So, you know, there's a transition. You know, obviously uh, picking one, there's an advantage to picking one. There's obviously, as we know, a disadvantage to picking one. Uh, now we, we're sitting at 24. Uh, we've got to stack the board appropriately and, you know, look at what's available. And uh, the decisions don't get any different, right? You're just picking a little later in the draft. Are there some position groups in this draft class that start pull apart from the other? John, you've known me a long time, right? A couple of years. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the depth of the draft at any one position. It's not an advantage to us. But uh, like every year, there's, there's strengths and weaknesses in the draft. Uh, positions that maybe have more depth, but the key again is is uh, taking a look at what our needs are, but but also factoring in best available as we stack the board. We want to stack the board true to the value of the player, and then we'll make the decisions once we get the board stacked. You mentioned you know keeping that core um, together when you have guys like an Evan Ingram, Jawan Taylor, who are probably going to command you know, top money at their position. What's the balance of, you know, wanting when to have them back, but also knowing that they're going to be very expensive too and having to, you know, make, make sure you guys are sound financially? Well, there's a win-win in every deal, right? And you just got to find that, you know, we've got, a, we've got an organization that players now want to play for. And when you're in that situation, it's a, it's a great community. I think that the players got a real taste of what that community can offer. If you look at the last two games of the year, how electric that stadium was and filled with Jaguar fans. You know, normally, you know, in the past, as, as at least since I've been there, when we did have a full crowd, it was probably le- lent, leaned itself toward the, other, to, toward the opponent. Uh, the last couple games of the year, it wasn't that way. And I think the players seeing that, getting a feel for that, us within the organization who haven't been a part of it that long, seeing that uh, was inspiring. You know, and it's our job to put a product out there that the fans want to come and see. And that's where we're at right now in the buildup of, of the 2023 roster. Trent, when you're sitting at pick number 24, you have the opportunity to either move up or down. What are some qualifications or some stipulations that go into that process of moving forward and backward? I, I couldn't hear that. I'm sorry. You have the opportunity to move up or down. It's a very niche kind of location. What are some qualifications you look for, prospects or in trade market value to move up or backward? Well, you just got to assess the board and, and kind of where you're at. Now you got 23 picks that are going to come off the board, and you start getting the feel for where you're going to be around pick 18, 19, and who might be available and how many guys you got at that point. You know, I don't know that we're going to be big movers and trying to trade way up in the draft. Will we move a little bit? We could. You know, it really depends on how the board gets stacked. And right now is way too early to tell what we're going to do exactly in terms of move up, move back. Trent, how does the presence of a young player like Walker Will Well, the, you know, you never know what you got till you get him on the field, right? You know, and Walk got a great chance to go out there and show his value as a player. Uh, you know, and it, it, it it's a balancing act. You know, you got good good players. You got a good young player in Juwan who played at a high level. You got a good young player in in uh, Walk that played at a high level when he got an opportunity. 
So we're just going to, again, assess the, the, the roster, talk to the coaches, which we, we have a lot of collaboration back and forth, and just try to make the best decision for us. But, you know, bringing Juwan back is, is something that we would like to do. He could be. He could be. He could be. I think, you know, again, I think with Juwan and Evan, I, I don't want to speak for them. Uh, they know how we feel about them, and I think we know how they feel about us. And the, the, there, there's a win-win in there somewhere. We just got to get to that. And the negotiations are ongoing, and there's something that, you know, they're not going to get finished today. Um, but we've got a nice window here before free agency start. And our goal is to try to close those deals uh, within that window. Were you able to clear some cap space with the Roy Robinson Harris extension? We were. Anybody else? All right, Trent. Thank you so much. Thanks, Trent. When, when you're talking about the general manager in charge of all these moves that have been made over the last handful of weeks, keeping a team together, some of the takeaways – from Trent Balky, we say thanks to Jaguars.com for allowing us to run this on the radio dial. You probably heard it on their stream as well, but it'll all come back together either on the 1010XL app or if you're listening online or listening on the radio dial. But he said draft and develop now, Leon. That's basically they went out, they signed free agents, they now have got the uh, free agents they like the most to come back, at least most of them. Still got Evan Ingram. Uh, out there floating. You still got Arden Key, a few others, but now it is draft and develop time. That's what he's always preached to me. We're going to find out if they can be that team. Well, I mean, listen, that's that's why you have assistant coaches. You have assistant coaches in place, and Doug, Doug Peterson did an outstanding job getting the right assistant coaches in place. So when you bring in guys, when you draft guys, whether they're a first-rounder or a six-rounder, you want to make sure you get some productivity out of them. Mm-hmm. That's the key. And that's what this franchise has doomed and gloomed for so long. They draft guys and they don't pan out especially first-round guys. That kills your franchise. When you draft guys in the first round that don't want to play, who underachieve, who underwhelm, don't want to be here, and they're gone, and that kills your franchise. So you, now it's important that when you do get in the draft and you get those guys in the first or sixth round, you got to get some productivity out of it. And I think that's going to be the, 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 the staple for this franchise moving forward if they want to stay on board. So I look at this, and this is kind of like we kind of like bury the lead here. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like they want to sign Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Does it not? He said they've got a window before free agency. Yeah. They'd like to get the deals, that was plural, not singular, right. deals uh, done, talking right. about Taylor and Ingram. That sounds to me like they want to keep him. Yeah, I don't well, think we're burying the league. We're just trying to figure out whether or not. No, no, my, well, point is, my point I, is, yeah. if you, if you yeah. want to keep him, yeah. well, it's going to cost a lot of money. Well, Why he, I keep I can, I can tell you this from the conversations I had with people with ties to the front office last night. All, all their agents have the offers in place. Ingram's camp has gone back and forth with the Jags, and they are negotiating. Jawan Taylor's camp has the offer in place. Now the question is, do they accept it, or do they say, we know we can get more money on the open market, and are the Jaguars willing to use $18 million with a franchise tag on Jawan Taylor? Obviously, they've created – a lot of cap space over the last few days, and so now maybe they give themselves that chance. From what I was told last night, that's probably not going to happen, but there is an offer in place. It's just a matter of will Jawan Taylor's camp bite at it. 
But see, here's the here's thing. I, I'm, I'm going to rant for Jerron Taylor because I was in that situation. When you had an opportunity, when when, when I hear Trent Baalke says, hey, they know how we feel about him and he the way he, we, he feels about us. No, you don't. Because if you knew how I felt about you, you would have paid me before the season started so I wouldn't have to risk the season of getting hurt and two playoff games of getting hurt, which would have cost me a boatload of money. If you wanted to sign me, you would have signed me before the season. Now – it's the offseason. You want to tell me how much you love me? Oh, well, let me go on the free market. Let me go on the free market and let me elevate my price, my stock, and then I'll let you know what they say and I'll come back and, I, and I'll talk to you. I mean, to be yeah. fair. That's just me. I'm, <laughs> it's me. I'm ranting for Juwan Taylor. I get it, but to be good. fair, he was a guy for his first three yeah. years. And that, 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 I mean, that's the answer right I know there. you don't care. I get so, that. Yeah. I so get was, that. So was Biggie but, and Tupac. Right, I, I get that. They but were just My thing is, I'm, I'm playing man. devil's advocate. I can't believe I, yeah. I keep being the franchise guy. I, you no, are, man. You know, this scared me. Wow. I, I, huh? Yeah. Which yeah. one is Jawan Taylor? I, I can't neither, believe you, you can't compare him to Biggie and Tupac. Neither one, but I'm going to say they were just guys at one time. Anyway, my point is, their response, and it's a valid response, you were a guy for three years. Right. They're going to wait. And now he's... 180 from what he was the first three years. And, and, yeah. and it, it'll never be fair to the player. And I totally, get, right. I totally get Leon or any of the players' point of view. But that franchise, like you said, you might be taking on that role, is that they've got to sit back and they go, okay, he graded out X. You know, first off, he was available on every snap. That's huge. That yeah. is a major, major plus for him. But we got to see uh, an uptick. That's why they drafted that potential replacement because they knew maybe contract negotiations yeah. might be tough. One or the other. Yeah, right. well, well, let's see him battle it out. Well, I, I, but I will well, say this also. Thing. I'm with you on the players, okay? Okay, go ahead. Because get everything you can when Absolutely. you can because, oh, yeah. because when it ends, they don't give no a lawyers. flip about you. Like um, Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan. Who played, I, th- I believe, Lewan. 10 years for the Titans. Yes. Somewhere close to that. He just tweeted out a picture of his front door. The Titans brought him his stuff in hefty bags and dropped it at his door. Yeah. yeah, just think about that. <laughs> hey, listen, no, I've had player, NFL stands for no freaking an all loyalty. pro, an all pro selection all pro and a Pro Bowl player. I have had, and they put his stuff in hefty bags and stuck it on his door. I have had boxes wow. delivered to my house too. Okay, so no. I am familiar with. But that. But you had boxes. Yeah, 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 you had boxes. Yeah, not hefty bags. If they were bo- if they were yeah. like moving boxes, yeah. van- Allied Van Line yeah. boxes, yeah. boom yeah. on your, you know, that's fine. But but hefty his, bags, Joe. Okay, but hefty also, bags. but like I told, I pointed out to you guys the number of games that he missed. Okay, we're talking played very limited this past year over the last three years. I don't disagree. Yeah, it's just and as much I I look at Leon and and love the sacrifice that this man gave to the game. But on the other side of it, they're like, "Ah, we have to have a plan. And Taylor Lewan got to a point. I where get he was, it, but they talk about hurt. loyalty all the time. Right. Let me tell you something: the NFL stands for no well, f. Well, I mean, this loyalty. is I mean, absolutely. Well, 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 and we I'm gonna know you, that. I'm telling you that. At least I. That's the reason why veterans told me when I came into this league. Yeah. And I wish I could tell every player in here, every player that comes into the NFL, the, a veteran told me, and I, I tell you this story all the yeah. time. Yeah. A veteran told me when it comes to upper management, they said why they said wave and smile but never shake the hand. Because when you shake a man's hand, that's, that's you know. Right. I've been watching Yellowstone. They you, say, you, say, yes. you, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You watch that's Yellowstone. When you yeah. shake a man's hand, that's a deal. Yes. It's locked in, right? Whatever. NFL, they shouldn't be shaking nobody's hands because it doesn't have any loyalty. It's a revolving you door. Call them the backstabbers. Uh-huh. You call them the backstabbers. backstabbers. <laughs> but the one good thing about, at, at the very least, at least as it sits they right smile now, on your face. <laughs> at least as it sits right now, and we don't we don't know exactly how long it'll last or how much of it is true. But Trent Balky said we need to take care of what's in that locker room. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that the guys that we have we can keep. 
They're not going to look outside as much as they did over the last couple of off seasons to try and bring guys in. And so that's a good thing. And so at the very least, maybe they do look at guys now and say, we're putting a premium on you being here. Yeah, because, they, listen, they have a vibe now that mm-hmm. they didn't have before. Yeah. They have a vibe. They have a core. They got a core group of players in that locker room now that care. Mm-hmm. That care. And then they brought in the right guys. They brought in the Christian Curry. They brought in the Roy Robertson-Harris. They brought in this veteran group that, that kind of centerfolds everybody else and they kind of gravitate to. That's, listen, you don't win the kind of games that the Jaguars won if you don't have that good nucleus. Right. Because because when you're down 27 to nothing, all right, in the first half, I mean, when you're down 27 to nothing, you don't make that kind of court comeback if you don't have that, that nucleus in place. True. So I'm saying they understand – Doug understands, Trent Balkin understands that they've got a good core guys, good good guys that are willing to work and sacrifice and give it their all, and now we just need a couple of more pieces of component mm-hmm. to make this thing go even further than what it went last year. And we shouldn't leave this guy out. Shad has written a lot of checks hoping they would actually pay off for him, and now they finally are, at least in this small amount of time they're paying off. He has written check after check after check from 2012 until now, and now there's been a five-year gap between playoff appearances, and he hopes like heck there's not another five-year gap. All right, so let's cover a little bit more of what both of them said. Hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. They can bring you a sweetheart of a deal. You're looking for a brand-new ride. Look on both lots, SUVs, pickups, economy cars, beautiful sedans. You can get them all at both of those dealerships. Did you like what Balky had to say? What about Juwan Taylor and Evan Ingram? Can they bring both of them back? What say you? Hit the text line. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. lot to digest. It is lunch hour, after all. 120 on a beautiful Tuesday in Duval County. A beautiful Tuesday also at the NFL Combine. You just heard, if you were listening on Terrestrial Radio, 92.5 <clears throat> FM and 1010 AM, Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke address the assembled media at the NFL Scouting Combine. Let's dive into some of the hits from both gentlemen's pressers, which the hope is that they will also be speaking with the Frangie Show, who are on their way into the Indianapolis area later on this afternoon on the Superstation. Other things that stuck out to you guys, obviously the highlight for Trent Baalke came in the final question in the form of, you know, what does he see as far as Jawan Taylor's future with the Jacksonville Jaguars? And Trent Baalke saying firmly, bringing back Jawan is something we would like to do. He then went on to say that the franchise tag could be in play for Evan Ingram as well as Jawan Taylor. And it, it obviously leaves open the possibilities. You're a general manager. You're trying to craft your roster. You're trying to be cap responsible. They just redid all these other contracts. The last thing they want to do is get in cap hell again. But you have to use that franchise tag. That is why it was collectively bargained so the team could have at least, you can call it a luxury, you can call it you know, a, a ding to, to the player, but the ability, you all agree to, the ability to tag somebody, it's the only way for a, play, for a team to, to mm. limit player movement on one of their bigger stars. There's nothing. I, right, they, but the goal isn't to limit player movement. The goal is to the, have player movement. And it's killed. Exactly. It's it ain't the goal of the like team. free agent contracts, yeah. if you really think about it, because they always teams always have that ability to right. do that. Right. Yeah. So it's inadvertently 
really hurt how much players can actually make on the free market as yeah, well. And it takes the pressure off the team because yeah. they know they got that franchise tag in the back hip pocket. Yeah. And then, they, and then so when contract negotiations break down, they say, okay, well, fine, we're this franchise. But, but honestly, this is where I come in on the team side. The team needs to have – and we're talking about one restriction. You know how many free agents they had this year? Yeah, a bunch of them. And so we're talking about one restriction, and you don't have to use it. You've got, as a team, you are but, trying to do whatever you possibly can to hold – and you pay them handsomely. But, well, here's the thing. As a player, I always had this aren't notion. You, aren't you Johnny team now? I, I, I always had this you, notion you, as a player. Look at it like that. I always had this notion as a player. It's not my responsibility for you for – me to pay you. It's your responsibility to pay me. Mm-hmm. Wherever you got to find the money to pay me, pay me. That, that's that's my notion. And that goes on for all the other 53 guys. Y'all make enough money. The NFL teams make enough money. Contract, mm-hmm. I mean, TV deals and all the other accessories that you get, uh, your, your multi-billion dollar machine that right. you run, it's not my problem. Find the money. That's what I would say. Yeah, well, I, I guess you got to find a way to figure it out then is what it is. Right. But You've got your cap and you figure out the money. Right. Exactly. This is what I want. It means you have to turn in your – I was going to say something. Yeah, but then they're going <laughs> to say – One of your cars or your vacation right. homes, whatever you got to do. And then, and then they're going to come back and say, well, you were just a guy for the first three years. Okay. And That's then he'll fine. say, and then he'll say, I was the best guy in the offensive line this year. How about that? Well, guess what? You, you got a, a tackle and a half right about now. You, you got yeah. That's what you're working with. Just that's add up the amount of money that Cam Robinson was paid with two with a tag one year, then a tag the next year, and then ultimately getting a contract. He got paid very well. Very well. Yeah. Don't feel sorry for that guy that got tagged. Could have got paid more though had he not had the yeah. tag not been in place. Yeah. Well, of course. And but the other thing too he is he didn't get he didn't he didn't have to work for Beans. Okay, this wasn't a van. All camp right, but like Beans to you is not Beans to him. Yeah. In his head, he lost five, seven million. Right, and, and, and I'll come at it from the franchise tags point of view for the fans. <clears throat> no, okay. Look the at fans. Johnny franchise now. No, no, Look no, at him, no, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let him finish. I'm gonna let him finish. See, that, that's why. See, I had I had to deal with this as a player. The fans always have an issue when it comes to player asking for money, yeah. but they never question how much the owner makes. Yeah. They never question how much the organization makes. But the poor player is just trying to get over the multi-billionaire, and the player just wants See, to be a millionaire. See, the fan out there wants to keep. Yeah, Lamar. but y'all don't never say. You know what? I think I think the Jaguars made how much did they make this year? Oh, they made over five billion, six, seven billion. You know, I don't think that, I think that's too much. Yeah, well, yeah. I never say that when the player tries to make about you know some money. Well, he's no player's worth that. But kind he's going to make good money. He is. He's going to add it up. You add up Cam Robinson's average over a, a three-year period: a tag, a tag, and then a new deal. Pretty good money. But the other thing too is, if you give Jawan Taylor eighteen million, he would be essentially making more money than Cam. Right. Which, as much as Cam's Cam's cap number this upcoming year is twenty two point one, right? It's still the amount of money guaranteed, and it was that uh, sixteen is his base. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and and we asked Leon yesterday, you know, right tackle, especially when you're talking about protecting the blind side of a Trevor Lawrence, right tackle making more than left tackle may not wash very well in the locker room. Now, this is off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hypothetically speaking, during the draft, someone were to offer a couple picks and pay. Some of Cam's contract, would you do it because you have Walker? That is always a possibility because if someone's willing to take some of that cap hit or contract cash off of your books, well, then you might be amenable to that because you have Walker Little. And if you can move that contract and then you get the, the picks to go along with that, <laughs> okay, always a possibility. Okay, Mr. Franchise. Mm-hmm. The, the I'm just trying to keep media, it intact. The media for rights deal. I'm speaking for Duval. This is this right is now. just media rights. Okay. Yeah. This has nothing to do with tickets and apparel and anything else they use. Yeah. Advertising. This is just media rights. Mm-hmm. Signed in 2021. 
it's ten billion annually for the league, okay? Yeah. Which means each franchise gets three hundred twelve million five hundred thousand dollars a year. Right on. Don't I, talk to me about like I, uh, I didn't realize uh, you know, I didn't realize know, that we had flipped dials crap, and we're over okay? on some financial or or political show. Are you kidding me? It's the not thing- political. It's money, Joe. Yeah, yeah exactly. you say it's beans. It's not beans to them. They're the guys out there putting their lives on the line. Oh my! Eleven dollars and fifty cents yeah. for a beer, by the way, at Jags games. Yeah. Exactly. And don't forget like that the Matt, highest in the league. Yeah. The jerseys are like one hundred and thirty-five dollars each. Joe. Matt had to sleep on oh, the and floor. And this is the only place up. that this happens. Never are forget. Are you kidding me? This is the only place that this happens. No, we're talking about no, all the teams. I'm telling you, all the teams, man. The, all the franchise of them. tag is terrible. I it's a want, terrible thing, the franchise tag. I, I just want it's holding to someone do. hostage yes. against the free market yeah. and their own will. Yeah. It's player. It should be all about player movement. Yeah, and the whole idea is to maintain one guy. One guy. Out of all the other contracts that we're talking about, right? But you, one you, guy, but, but it affects right, Joe, the, but it the affects rest of the so deals. many other. Come on, man! Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Do you, honestly, Cam Robinson, you add up the dollars, okay? And I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't have any problem with it at all. And by the way, this always goes back to the collective bargaining agreement. That's what it was, collectively bargained, and the players could have stood up and said, we "I know are getting it was. rid of this tag." That's why I was getting and on. They Leon. never <laughs> ever get rid of it. They never get rid of it. No, now once it's in there, they're never going to know. But, but I, I, just, it. I mean, I, the, the, the idea, and honestly, I'm coming at it from a fan's point of view, and I agree with what you guys are saying, that most of the time we don't look at how much the, the team's making. It is a foolproof. You can suck and still make money. $312 million business annually. Uh, but I don't, I just don't care. Just I don't care. It's the general manager's ability. What's the salary cap right now? 180 it's two hundred and two. So right like now, what is another thing that's not terrible yet, not, for the not, players? Right, this the year, salary so cap is two hundred and two. Okay, so yeah. right, so let's just say just on the meteorites, you lop off that two hundred two. Shot's still walking away with you I, know. I, I sound like I, I'm million. with a bunch of old farts sitting back complaining about how much money someone else is making. I mean, I, I want this team to be competitive. We want them to make more. We're not complaining how much they make. We want the players to get a better share of it. That's yeah, all. Yeah. And like I said, the thing I would like more than anything else, like Leon's example of going up to Baltimore, is get more guaranteed cash. Yeah. More guaranteed cash. Yes. Do I feel sorry for Bobby Wagner not seeing five years, $50 million? Maybe. But I don't feel sorry for him for getting $10 million. And don't forget the other okay. part of I might, this, too. I might feel sorry for the, for the, for the Giants who got Galloway's get paid him, what, $40 yeah. million? Kenny Galladay. And he got and he, 600 yeah, he got yards and 43 years. career catches. Yeah. I mean, do you not think that was an absolute So he got about a, about a million for a catch. By the player? And don't forget, too, if a player walks and they actually you know do get away and they do yeah. get to cash in, there's a comp pick sometimes yeah. attached to the player as well. So the team still makes out like a bandit. Yeah. A million catch, Joe. I guess the thing I'm cracking up about is that you guys are railing against something that will never, ever lose. The team in the NFL will never lose. They are not losing money. And so when we get all there upset about that. There are outliers like Galladay, by the way. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Matt, if we're taking this to your logical conclusion, you should be against the salary cap as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the salary okay, cap, good. but it's there. Yeah, but it's there. you got to live with it. It, well, it's or just, it could be baseball. Right. And, and, and everyone gets paid like a ton of cash. Yeah, right, yeah. but and, you have like, you know, 80 games. Yeah. They make they, their money. The with, they make their got money rid with of games. the salary cap, dude. These players would make so much more money. No, I know that. It wouldn't but, even but, be funny. But Major League Baseball makes money with their games. I'm they just have saying. 80-something games. I, I, I'm just using baseball as an example. If the NFL got rid of the salary cap, how much do you think Trevor would really make? Oh, my. It'd be yeah. ridiculous. Right. 
All right. Well, you guys can hit the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures with your thoughts. A lot of you have in the last five minutes, so keep it coming at 641-1010, courtesy of 5314. Please hold me hostage for $18 million a year. I couldn't agree more. I would do the same. A lot of folks, though, on the text line agreeing that Joe C. is right. I just I just feel like the, the, the team itself right. – that, that re- loser on the text line is not worth anything. Not yes. only that, he's not going out on the field like, risking you're not CTE an every day. In the NFL, yes. bro, you're texting us. Right? You're not. You're of not, course, you would be right. hostage for 18 million. You're not worth an 18th of that. Yeah, and, and again, this is supply and demand. There's a lot of money. Irv Cross split who played up. in the played in the league four decades ago, five decades ago, just died. He had stage four CTE. These guys are going on the field every single day, I risking am, their life. Okay? I mean, I, I've walked into days of our lives. It's in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's a soap opera. I have no idea where is what's her name. Where is that? Uh, I think you're. I think you're Johnny Franchise right now. You know. I, I mean, come on. I, I, I'm just a little at, bit. I think a little bit. A little bit. A little bit of what? Who was that? What was that? Goodfellas. Who said that? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It was Robert but, De Niro. A little bit. Yeah. I think you're a little bit Johnny. You're Johnny Franchise right now. Honestly, I I don't I don't deny it. I don't have any problem with it. I'm looking at the best way to manage two hundred million dollars and pay a lot of guys a lot of money to play. Uh, it was uh, him, the uh, Billy Bats. Yeah. When he, he yeah. thought Billy Bats disrespected Joe Pesci. Yeah. That's what. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, all right, Big Sars. Uh, listen, I love you, man. Yeah. You know that. A little bit. <laughs> bro, I got your back, okay, for the next hour and a half. I got your back with him. Don't worry. Yeah, okay, but, bro. But I, Me and JJ yeah. both. By the way, uh, Billy Bats, Ray Filippaldo. Or, uh, Filippaldi. What, no, what was his name? Uh, in Sopranos. Yeah, same yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Same guy, yep. yep Phil. Same guy. Mm. Phil. Yeah. Okay, now you reminded me. Leotardo. That was yeah. Leotardo. Yeah. Leotardo. I love I love all those Italian names. That's so good. Uh, Big Sirs, enjoy the rest right. of the afternoon. All right, at Leon Cersei Jr. One, you can tweet at him. You can I, you can get on the gram, check out what he's got going on over there. But honestly, it's a, it's an argument that is age old and will never go away. Uh, most people probably have an opinion that they're a bunch of high paid, overpaid, whatever. Uh, absolutely. But and, and, and I'm not I'm I'm not going to try and change their mind. I'm not going to try and convince them of anything else. I'm just trying to convince Duval to be stoked about trying to keep a team together. That's really all they want. They want to see a winning team. Uh, uh, the most checks that were written from 2012 until the last, I think it was 2021, over a billion dollars from Shad Khan. He stroked some checks. And how we he got just didn't to get anything point, back for it. And how we got to this point, which is what Mia tweeted out earlier, yeah. it sounds like they're trying to sign him. Yeah. Like they're right. doing everything they can to sign yeah. Juwan. But, but again, you look at it, you got I got two guys I got to keep, and I got one franchise tag. And if I got to use it, I got to use it. And, and that's, that's how they're going to look at it. Let's take a break. Yeah. Deep breaths, everyone. Deep breaths. We'll I get, love you, Leon. We'll get we'll get back into the <laughs> franchise tag, whether it is a uh, mortal sin or not. We also will hit some of the other highlights from around the National Football League scouting combine. Uh, just seeing that Joe Shane, the mm-hmm. general manager for the Giants, optimistic they could keep both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. What in the heck is going on with Aaron Rodgers? We'll have updates on that and a whole lot more coming up next on XL Primetime. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 21 minutes in front of the 2 o'clock hour. Combine talk all over the place up in Indianapolis. The Francis Show will be coming to you from Indy a little bit later on. It's XL Primetime. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, and JJ. As uh, Big Search just exited, he did not give me the hands, uh, thankfully. 
as he uh, walked out of the studio. But we've been talking about everything going on uh, with the Jags after hearing from Trent Baalke and from Doug Peterson, just as far as where things could go, those next big decisions that have to be made, could be made, you know, all that stuff after agreeing to terms restructuring deals with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Brandon Sheriff, that's on top of the other stuff that they've already done. The business of keeping this team together is a big, big deal. And so now we're going to find out whether there is going to be a franchise tag, whether they're going to use it, which they're going to use it on. It costs more if you tag Jawan Taylor at the right tackle spot because it's the average of the top five linemen from last year. And it doesn't matter whether they're the left tackle or right tackle. If you tag Ingram, less money, but you're getting the average of the top five uh, when it comes to the tight end. So we'll see where it goes. But heck, they're going into a negotiation period, and they want Evan Ingram back. And if they've got to use the tag, they're going to tag him. That's it. That's right. what they're going to do. Well, that's why when I said when I sent that tweet this morning, I just didn't expect people to like think mm-hmm. it was like breaking news. Like mm-hmm. I mean, Evan Ingram has kind of played his hand. Yeah. In that he has said he wants to come back. His agent has a good relationship with the Jags. They're working on a deal. Um, like they've played their hand at this point in time, and so right. that's why. If they don't get it done in this next week before the franchise tag window closes, mm-hmm. um, then obviously they'll just tag him. Like right. it's it's kind of you know and it's he, kind of known. He at least said he's he's he used what did he use the the phrase a placeholder? I think if he does get tagged, yes, correct, right, and that's why I didn't think what I was tweeting was breaking news. Yeah. But evidently people can't connect some knots. Um, but yeah, I would expect Evan Ingram to be a member of the Jaguars in 2023 mm-hmm. in one fashion or another. The franchise tag was used this morning in Washington on defensive tackle Deron Payne, a guy who many people were hoping and praying would hit free agency and could test the market, but instead, uh, for more than $15 million, I believe it's eighteen or $17 million for defensive tackles and then $18 yeah. million for edge rushers. He will also be held against his will via the franchise. Yeah, team. he's going to get paid quite a bit of money. Uh, it depends on your point of view, but that's a lot of cash. And Deron Payne is a guy that you would like to have seen hit the free market. Look, we were talking about it earlier, uh, and this was kind of like in, in, in Duval dreamland, that if they were able to clean up all their salary cap problems and have money to spend – a Hargrave, a Payne, some of these interior, we're talking home wreckers inside that can get to the quarterback would be worth going after. Duran, you ain't going to be able to go after. Yeah, here's another thing. JJ and I were talking about this during the break, and just just to make sure that I want you to completely understand, mm-hmm. I, it's not that I don't see the, the management side of it. I clearly do. We were just talking, and I told him, I don't know why management would pay any running back. I just don't know why, because the Giants right now have to pay Danny Jones and mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley. If you're the Giants, you sign Jones and just keep using yep. the tag on Barkley. Yeah. Because eventually, he's, he's going to hit the end of his career at five, six years. The Cowboys didn't. They signed Zeke, and look now. Yeah. They're stuck with that contract. And Zeke, now they're going to tag I, I, Tony Pollard yeah. on yeah. top of it. Right. So I, yeah. I don't know why any NFL team even signs a con- uh, running back to a second contract. And Zeke was guaranteed $50 million. Right. Okay. That was one of the highest guarantees. And immediately went downhill after. Yeah. Yeah. It just it happens. And it's like as much as it's like the I position. Said, yes. I, I can, I, but I can support any player's argument as far as wanting the most that they can get because it ain't for long. I totally yeah. get it. I'll always support that part of this. But the team also knows that that. Uh, services that they're buying is also not going to necessarily last. Sometimes you're getting it on the cheap because that's just Especially the way. that position. It's like, okay, you all right, let, let's just talk about it on this level. All right, let's make this the 10-10 take, JJ, because this kind of does fit in kind of with what we're talking about. Let's hit it. 
Now, Josie's 10-10 tape. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue. Local pitmasters since 68. Uh, they want to make sure the price point is perfect for you at Sonny's, okay? They won't gouge you or anything like that. They want to give you good food at a great price. So look for them all over the First Coast. Smoke, 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 smoke. You're going to get it at Sonny's. So, the going rate for the quarterback, it's a high-profile high position. And if you are Pat Mahomes and you break the bank, you're getting a lot of money. Jalen Hurts is not getting a lot of money. Jalen Hurts is paying, playing for what you might describe in NFL uh, money and contracts, playing for beans. So does Philadelphia come rushing in and say, hey, Jalen, we know we're not paying you a lot, and you're worth a heck of a lot more, so let's just go ahead and give you a heck of a lot more. No, the contract's the contract's the contract. And if you have a chance where you can tag somebody, you're going to pay them well, you're just not going to pay them the top. And so the luxury of having Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract, just like Trevor or anybody else, they drafted him much later, and it's much cheaper, but they're going to play under that contract until they have to pay the guy. That's just the way it is, and that is the 10-10 take. It's the luxury of drafting well, developing good players, saving money when you can, and then knowing you're going to have to pay down the line. Simple as that. That's it, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, he's the best example you can come up with right now. It is a deal, a bargain, and you know that the day is going to come where you're going to have to pay him. So you pay him then, not until then. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I, think you ha- I think you have to literally look at this. And, and, again, I'm telling you this from the, from the angle of the franchise mm-hmm. when I was all about the players earlier. Yeah. You're at the point now where you literally see you've got to go by the average years in the league of players. That's who you pay. Those are the guys, you, unless they're just like, like elite, elite players. Those right. are the guys you pay. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, and JJ and I were talking about this again with ETN. I don't know why they would pay ETN. If he gets to his fifth year, how many more years does he have left? Right. And especially since he's a first round pick. So then yeah. you play on the fifth year. You, right. You can tag him tag twice. Tag him twice. How yeah. many more years does he have after right. that? It's unfortunate. Uh, I and I'm not, I'm not on, right. I'm not against the players. I'm not against right. the running backs. It's the position. Right. Yeah. It, Derek it, Henry is the anomaly. Exactly. With, and they paid him because he is an anomaly. Yeah. And even now, He's coming up on the end of that contract, and the question is, does he have more in the tank, or are the Titans, without a true quarterback, literally going to run him into the ground this year because they know they're not going to pay him after? Yeah, unfortunately. And that was, at least he got to his second contract. He got big Receivers are getting close to that right now. Yeah. I mean, unless it's an elite guy, I don't know why you pay him again. Yeah, and you're looking at receivers who are making $20 million. Right. Okay, so – Anyone who wants to complain about uh, how much money these players are making, take a look at the acceleration of the salary that cap. That number's going to go down quickly. Yeah. Well, just take a look at the acceleration of the salary cap over the last 10 years. It's eye-popping how much it's gone up in the 21st century, uh, uh, 2000 to 2010, 10 to, to where we are now. It is gone through the they roof. Will, they will find another player that will pull back somehow. Yeah. Not, not a specific player, a player group where the money will pull back somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's, you can't pay receivers. 23 24 million. And the other part of this, can't. the other part of this is that there are more high-paid guys in the National Football League which doesn't allow for necessarily a middle class. It's now the big boys and the lower class. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And you know, I mean, all you can do. Kirk's a perfect example. He had a great year this year, a great year. Mm-hmm. But he signed that contract and there were owners everywhere that were probably saying, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah, flipping out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit some quarterback updates. I know yeah. we mentioned Danny Dimes. The Giants are optimistic about an extension or the franchise tag. With he uttered him. what forty-five million dollars, something yes, in correct. that neighborhood. Yep. So we'll see exactly what happens there. Derek Carr 
in Indianapolis today, not interviewing with the Colts. He is interviewing again with the Jets, again with the Saints, as well as the Panthers. Interesting that he flew all the way to Indianapolis uh, to do it's, that. But it's, it's, and not see the Colts, who, yeah. uh, let's be real, they are the home of the yeah. veteran quarterback cast-off. Yeah, and, and they have gone that route. I think to the point of it's cost. Jim Irsay has literally yeah. vocally said we are drafting a young yeah. quarterback and that's who our starter will and, be. And it's, it's maybe cost him a couple of coaches when you think about it. Chuck Pagano was a very good coach. And then, you know, things just eroded where Andrew Luck walked away and then they tried to just keep patching it together from Phillip uh, to Carson to, you know, the, it's just Carson Wentz, when it's all said and done, will be on his fourth team in four years if he goes somewhere and he'll probably be a backup. But, Derek Carr would have made sense to go up there if they wanted to go that route again, but he's in a perfect spot. Let me just interview. Let me just try and razzle and dazzle a few people and convince them, hey, um, I'm a good solution to your problem. Don't wait on Aaron Rodgers. Don't wait for him to drag you along like he's dragging Green Bay along. Sign me and sign me now. You see all those young quarterbacks? You see all them? They're all nice and shiny. Yeah, mm-hmm. but none of them have won in the league Yeah, like me. Yeah. Actually, not a bad strategy. Uh, Marcus Mariota, as we mentioned, in case you missed it, in the 12 o'clock hour, released by the Atlanta Falcons this morning. And then, yes, the man who has emerged from the darkness but reportedly has only texted a couple of times with the Packers general manager, Aaron Rodgers. It appears that, quote, the Packers are noncommittal on who will be their starting quarterback in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a bunch of those. There's like uh, not not placeholders, empty spots on rosters when it comes to you know right now the quarterback position. I I, I got to believe there's a lot of worry. We mentioned the NFC South earlier, and you go through that wasteland. Ta- yeah, Tampa is three years removed from a Lombardi Trophy, and they don't know who their quarterback is. You go to Atlanta, they just said goodbye to, to Mariota, and they're going to trust in Desmond Ritter right now. In Ritter, we trust and find Saints. out whether whether it were, well. I'm just saying right now. Doesn't mean that they won't sign right. a guy. A Garoppolo comes there, you know. A Dar- you know, any of these uh, scenarios are possible because if you look at the NFC South, Derek Carr could end up in three of those cities. He could end up in all four, all four of those of cities. Right. All, four. all four of those yeah. cities. Uh, that's crazy. That's what's happened. That's how so all good of a Jimmy sudden. G really too. Yeah. yeah. So good, Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy, I've heard thinks he's getting Vegas, which mm-hmm. I mean, but Aaron Rodgers probably thinks he's getting Vegas mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the tough part is there's only going to be so many seats at the table. Who's going to be the first one in this, um, you know, what was the the dance you did? Like uh, when you were in middle school and the like musical the, chairs, musical chairs, yeah. musical chairs. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't you don't want to be the guy left out. And heck, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, I would have gone to that retreat place that Aaron Rodgers was mm-hmm. at. I would have given him his meals for the day and leaned in that little slot and talked to him every single day. Gutekunst says he's not. They haven't talked. Well, since, he said, the yeah, they haven't talked. All options are on the table was his exact quote. And he said that they have complete confidence in Jordan Love. They will do what's best <laughs> yeah. for the Packers. Yeah. How has he not yeah. talked yeah, to him? We have complete I mean, confidence. How has he not talked? I mean, that's his basically. That's Aaron Rodgers. I, I know that. But, I mean, how has Goodigan's not at least tried to reach out to him? I'm sure he's tried, but he said Maybe he has. Talked. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, just yeah. how, how do you not, like, get him on the phone or go to his house and say, hey, yeah. let's talk? Yeah. Rodgers, though, is smoking the peace pipe and, and doing some psychedelics and, and basically saying, I, I, I don't want to talk to you. I, I don't We're going to ask Coach Campo in the next, I don't in the need next to hour talk to you. about, you know, did he ever go over to play? Player's yeah. house just to yeah. talk to him. Yeah. Real quick, before we say hello to Coach Campo, yeah. noted baseball fan, by the way, mm-hmm. just only because it just popped up on the TV, JJ is our true resident baseball aficionado. Not that the three of us aren't big baseball fans, but World Baseball Classic, 
Do you remember, like, when we were in middle school, high school, when it first started? Like, I felt like there was so much momentum for it. It was a lot like, of energy. It was a lot of energy. Yeah. And now, like, I just saw it pop up on the TV, and I'm like, how the heck are they fitting that into the schedule? Like, when it, when is that? Is it like the Olympics where, like, Todd Frazier's, like, washed up and he's playing for the U.S.? Or how exactly is that going to work? Do you know? I, uh, are you asking me? Yeah, I'm yeah. asking you. I, assumed I think it's a, in middle March. It is? So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. in the middle of spring training? Yes. So, are guys going to leave spring training to go play? Yeah. Yeah, they'll go in and out of it, but the, the Latin American countries, they love it and live for it. And Venezuela, Dominican, Puerto Rico, all of them, it, is, it, it really is cool to see it. But, yeah, that is kind of like jumping across between. That's usually when they do it. Yeah, though. yeah. Well, That's it listed the sites as Phoenix and Miami, so yeah, I guess. We, our yeah. games are at like 10 at night mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. yeah. Wait, a second. Wait a second. Buck Showalter's back in baseball? Uh, yeah. He's been. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not just on Seinfeld anymore. Like he's, I said, JJ's the baseball aficionado. When, yeah. did he, when did he come back, thanks Georgie? To George. About four years ago. No, yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm just oh, messing with the Mets. <laughs> I don't think that. I'm, I look, I don't follow baseball like I used to, but yeah. I know he wasn't yeah. there. So. But no, Buck's been back for a minute. That's for sure. Carlos and Belt. Or, uh, they had that little. They had that little run. You know, last year. Wait, he was their manager last year. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Carlos Beltran's an executive for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Really throw you for a loop there. All right, let's say hello to our head coach. He's you know, not missing an action, but we've missed him. So we'll say hello to him uh, with all that's going on at the Combine. We'll do it next right here. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota bringing you today's show with Coach Campo in the 2 o'clock hour. Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo. I look at our man, put eyes on Coach Campo, back from the West. The Wild West. He was out there uh, with Lloyd uh, on on the uh, on Yellowstone, uh, weren't you, Coach? That that's where you were. He was right? literally out in the mountains. I yeah. was, and I tell you, I'm excited to be back. But I was a little concerned on not this last segment, but the one before. I thought I was going to have to stop and get a pair of gu- uh, boxing gloves. What's going on in here? Well, I'll follow that with uh, with Defrage from McClenny. He sent in a little meme. Boy. That escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> while we're at it, though, you start I do talking think, about money with Leon, boy. That's when it starts. Yeah, to, you know. yeah. And, and listen, listen. Leon did not dap me up as much as he normally does when he what? walked out. Like no, that, when you said by Leon, he had his back turned. Yeah, he kind of like you know. Yeah, he he. Yeah, I like uh, now. I'm actually nervous. I wasn't nervous before. Now I am. But on by the, the way, uh, that, that's why I argue with him yeah. against you because I don't want that. <laughs> and I also and I also have my uh, teal on because today to me. Is the official start of the next season? Yeah. Oh, the combine. Nice. Love that. This so is I'm it. ready. I'm ready for the yeah. combine. And look, uh, it, there's there's so many things to be fired up about, Coach, which is great. Now I got to give one more to Defrage. Uh, JJ, listen up. Um, he said, "Forgot to give congrats to JJ. You're not too old, bro, for kids." My wife and I just had our second last week, and I'm 37. And there's a picture of this little baby on our text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and it's wrapped up. In a jaguar little towel. So a round of applause for Defrage and his wife and that beautiful youngster right there, uh, born a Baptist with that jaguar towel all wrapped. See that, Coach? Beautiful. Isn't that awesome? Beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. All right. So, like name you said, him Trevor. Yeah, exactly. I dare you. Do it. <laughs> You're not a fan if you don't. <laughs> I wonder what the discussion was with his wife on that one. You know, <laughs> no, we're not doing it. Um, but your enthusiasm, honestly, that's got to be where a lot of people are right now, knowing this league year's beginning. Well, especially with how the season went. You know, I mean, everybody here should be ecstatic, you know, mm-hmm. just with the idea that, 
you know, just like uh, Matt said a hundred times about, you know, all I want to do is just be playing somebody and, mm-hmm. and, you know, at the end of the season with it meaning something, yeah. you know, it's the same thing. You know, we're going into an off season where, you know, hopefully two or three picks, whatever they are, make a difference. You know, I'm not saying all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't know that, but that the team has got a chance to be even better than they were a year ago. And I think that's what the excitement is for sure. Dream big, Dave. Dream big. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know, you've got the quarterback. Hopefully he continues, which he will, and uh, they've got a great chance to do some things. All right. So not sure how much you heard of Doug and Trent talking in the press conference, Coach Campo, but when they were both asked to – divulge, you know, what they think of the depth of the class versus the Jaguars' needs, that sort of thing. How tight as a head coach do you keep to the vest? Your thoughts? Well, I heard uh, I heard uh, some, uh, not the whole thing because I was in the car mm-hmm. is where I heard it, most of it. But, uh, yeah, uh, very tight. I mean, you know, you know, just because they have the 24th pick doesn't necessarily mean they're going to pick 24th. You know, those things change. They move around. I was just listening about Chicago. You know, they just got all these picks if they make trades. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to add three or four more picks based on those picks. And that's where, you know, you've got to be real careful what you say. You're certainly not going to say one position is stronger than another because that might lean people to, you know, other teams to think, right. hey, you know, here's the five things, positions I think they have needs for. And they say one of the strongest positions is receiver. Well, they're probably going to wait on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that's that's what you try to avoid. So where where do you stand on the Jawan Taylor? Do you do you resign him or do you let him go? Well, you know, from what I see, uh, first of all, he did an outstanding job this year. But you know, he didn't rank very high in run run blocking mm-hmm. by PFF. Yeah, overall, that whole line grade wasn't yeah. great. Run yeah, yeah, and and to me, that's an issue. You know, I think you know you want to protect the quarterback, but at the same time. If you're going to win consistently, you know how I feel. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to run the football. So they're in a good spot, I think, from the standpoint with Walker Little here. They can put an offer out there on, on Jawan, whether it's 14, 13, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and stick to it. That is the plus. Now, the advantage of getting him back in the fold is that that means they can really concentrate in the draft on the defense, which I think helps them in the long run. So if they can get something, you know, reasonable, that then I can say it's a good thing. If not, let him walk, mm-hmm. you know, and go with Whittle, uh, Little, mm-hmm. and then you got to take a tackle somewhere in that draft. And, and, and I think the offensive line, you know, I can say it, I think the offensive line is a little stronger this year than it's been. Yeah, you, you start to think of the – not like they limited uh, uh, as good as some of the top teams in terms of uh, hits on Trevor, but they did a much better job than I think a lot of people were forecasting. And, heck, you start looking at the grades, the way they did grade out, Jawan Taylor did grade fairly high. So we'll find out. But I, I'm trying to remember what you said earlier. You would sign Ingram and tag Juwan. That would at least be your early strategy on this bad boy, to keep both of them here. Yeah, I want both of them here. I mean, I think that that really – I'm, I'm, I want to open up the defense. Yeah. You know, I want to get the defense to where I think the offense is good enough to win a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I say that, I'm not saying they're going to score 40 points or they're going to score 20. They, they can score. 
Right. You know, and they can score enough to win if the defense, especially if the defense keeps the other team off the field and puts them on the field. So, you know, I think anything they can do to up the ability of the offense, uh, excuse me, keep their guys on offense, let's go out and and get some defensive players. Right. I want to circle back to that because there's going to be plenty of our Nooners out there that are going to hear that, Coach Campo, and they're going to say, didn't we spend all but two of our picks last year on the defense? And did we actually see dividends be paid off from that? Why would we do it again? Well, first of all, if if everybody watched the defense two years ago, they would truly understand, you know, why. And then this year, we weren't that much better. I mean, we got some guys. I think a guy like Harris, that was a great move bringing him back because mm-hmm. he's a team guy and he's a he's a pretty darn good player and it's hard to find him. But, you know, when you start if you have to go in and play in the just just take the the playoffs. If you take Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City, I you know, I think you can throw in Baltimore. I mean, I don't know who's going to be there. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, you better have some corners that can cover some people. And they're going to have to go out, in my opinion, at least get one corner that can come in as a rookie young mm-hmm. and play. Because, you know, they've either got to get a guy to come in and take, take the, you know, the, the nickel position, or they, have to, or they have to go out and get somebody to push uh, the left corner mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. into nickel. And look, they we battle all the time on where they need to like. Where will the highest pick be placed positionally, and will it be that nickel guy? Right. Will it be that interior pass rusher? Will it be another edge guy? I don't think we know the answer. I don't. I don't know why. Look, I've been saying this for a while now, and I'm not giving up on any of those three picks last year. I think they're all three going to be good players: Walker, Muma, and Little. I, I think. I think they're all uh, Lloyd. I think they're all going to be good picks. They're all going to be good players. Again, I think they have to be in the right situation, the right scheme. Like, if you go to that even front, like you were talking about, then you've got Walker. He is an end. He's your anchor end. you got Josh Allen as your rush end. Then Muma is clearly your Mike, right? Correct. And then you've got Foyer is clearly your Will. Correct. And then Lloyd is clearly your Sam. Those are three. Those are those Which three positions. Which there will be people upset that you picked a Sam linebacker at number twenty six overall two years after picking another Sam linebacker. That's right. Caleb Chase. I know, but that's but you know what? They didn't pick him. They didn't pick him. So there's not. That's a bad pick. That is a bad pick, and you're done with it. it's over. But a Sam linebacker in Devin Lloyd at twenty six is different in that. I because I think he's a better player. I think he's a better player. And at, at some point, you just got to say that pick was bad. Let's move on. You can't and, you can't put a guy in the field if you can't play, right? Right. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like, I'm saying the the perception of oh no, I understand a that. first rounder, Sam linebacker, twice in three years. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's a little tough, but I, I'm not, uh, you know, totally. I really think that uh, you don't need the big, strong middle linebacker if you're going to play dime, si- and you know, nickel, and, yeah, and all right. that. You know, maybe maybe uh, Aluakon is the Mike, and Lloyd is the is the Will, right? Because the Sam linebacker will not be on the field most of the time. The Sam right. linebacker is the nickel. That's yeah. the inherent yep. knock on the yeah. Sam. And It'll so, be less than 50%. And for yes. what it's, right. right. And for what it's yeah. worth, Doug Peterson has continued to reiterate that, you know, we're headed towards seven on seven, essentially, where it comes to playing in dime more than 30% of the time. Right, so then Absolutely. you're playing 45 the whole time. Then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you play base. most of the time. Yeah, that's your Absolutely. Base. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when they say three, four and all that stuff, it's really not three four to me. It's still four three. Right. 
my only question, and if they hear it over there, they'll probably be mad that I would even make the statement. But I, I think that the, that Walker is a downline three technique. That's what he is. If he so puts saying- on, if he puts on 10, 15 pounds, uh-huh. he's he would be a, a, a stallion in there because they can't block him. He's like Donald. That's who he would be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, as soon as you said it, I'm ready to ask you. So you're saying he can put weight on, and you and you answered it immediately. You think he can? Do you think he can put 10 to 15 pounds on? I and, think and he can. That? He's a big dude yeah. now. Yeah, he I is. Mean, I, there's no question that you know, I, know, I know he didn't eat the same as he's eating right now when he was at Georgia. Right. You know, well, I they'll, they'll they'll be they'll beef him up. Yeah, yeah. I mean the perfect he's example speed. Perfect example is Roy Robertson Harris. Mm-hmm. He's changed his body in two years. Absolutely. And he yeah. was a beast in the interior. Right, right. The last seven games of the of the season. And in by the, them moving to an even front, sorry to cut you off, Coach Campo, then Roy Robertson Harris can move inside like Matt was clamoring for yesterday. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things they can do. But, again, the, the thing that I always hesitate on when you ask about scheme and all that is that I'm not seeing every single snap a guy's making, you know, like they are. Right. You know, and and you know, I think it's an easy transition because they're in the four two five most of the time. Right. So it's not like they can't just line up and, and get into a four man line. It's just you know you, you don't know what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's the hard part. But at the end of the day, as a former DC, you got to get your best guys in the field, right? Yeah, yeah, get the best and players if on Lloyd's the field. Lloyd's one of your period. best guys. He's got to be on the field. Yep, and you've if you've got fast linebackers, then you want a 4-3 type of a principle where there's not a guy lined up right on a guard and have to take him on all the time. You want you want cover down in front of and you. And all three of those guys can run. Right. All three of those right. linebackers. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And what everybody's talking about needing a pass rusher inside, that's Walker. Uh, if he turns into that, then I can check that box. Uh, up until uh, that Until happens, then, I, I we need one in there. That's no question about it. Yeah. All right, so let's keep going on that front. We'll play one or two comments from Balky and, and Doug Peterson for Coach coming up here. If you are just joining us in 2 o'clock hour, we were able to carry the press conference, Doug Peterson and Trent Balky from the Combine. Frangie show will be up there as well with plenty of coverage, and they'll be able to say hello to both of those guys. But stick around because we'll do that. Um, Coach, hanging out with us in the 2 o'clock hour. JJ, you have got some Gator baseball tickets to hook somebody up with. Yes, the Gators are in the top ten in baseball, folks. They are number six. They're actually playing Jacksonville tonight Mm -hmm. at Jacksonville. Uh, But this weekend they will be playing number 22 Miami. And I have tickets right now to see number six UF play number 22 Miami Friday night, 630. That is this Friday. If you are caller number four right now at 641-1010, I'll hook you up. Prime Time, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Coach Campo has returned from the mountaintop. He didn't see Aaron Rodgers out there in the darkness, though. Did I you? didn't, but I saw a lot of snow. We had about 16 inches Woo! in London. You were Yikes. probably feeling like you were trapped for four days without yeah. where to go. Yeah, well, listen, it was uh, it was a little rough, but, uh, you know. And you had some dental procedures done I out did. there, too. So now I you're not, in I, the cold with that going on? Yeah, and I have to go back in about three months. It's it implanted. does sound so Italian when he goes, oh, I know a guy out in Colorado. I'm going to go get go get go some work I done. had to make a, an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
move. Oh, oh, my gosh. God, what a world. Well, Coach Campo is back on a Tuesday edition of XL Primetime. He's also going to be joining us on Helmets and Heels tonight with Lauren Brooks off to Indianapolis and in the NFL Combine. So let's get you ready for a two-hour show this evening, Coach Campo with NFL Combine Talk, and talk some Combine. So let's go big picture here. Former NFL head coach, you land in Indianapolis. What's your first move? It can be a food or a restaurant. That, like, that's allowed. What's your first yeah. move when you land in Indianapolis? And also, what is the timeline of the week that is the NFL scouting combine for a coach? Well, first of all, uh, St. Elmo's is the first th- that yeah, the first yeah. move you make. <laughs> now, I did it for how many in it? 23 years. So a good state. I was there 23 times. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is that, that in some ways is the, the combine is becoming a dinosaur. And, you know, the things that you're looking for there, obviously the timeline is that you're certainly going to watch every workout. I mean, that's just, you know, it doesn't matter what position it is. You know, the assistant coach is obviously coming in for their position. But the coordinators and the head coach, they're watching everything. And, you know, you, what you're looking for really is the doctors getting a chance to look at all their guys. Mm-hmm. And I get a report. Our, the Cowboy doctors were at every one of them. Mm-hmm. So I had a report on certain guys right after they went through the, the situation. And then the next thing is the interviews. And the interviews, you know, the only thing you're really doing there, Mia, is getting up close and personal with some guys, and especially the guys that are down the line because anymore – the really good players don't even do anything there or go there. Right. You know, they can do so much more, for example, a quarterback. Unless you're trying to up your stock, you, you, you can't, uh, you know, they tell you what to do as opposed to the quarterback when he's at his own workout can tell them what he's going to do and what he isn't going to do. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, in some ways, and I hate to be this ridiculous. No, but, it's, it's, hey, listen, it's a but, fact. Uh, uh, Sometimes Ike and Jonesy's is more action there than there is in the combine, to be honest with you, with the workouts. Well, that's why I joke. It's honestly become more of a networking event and more of just a one-stop shop when it comes to those medical evals, when it comes to interviews, as opposed to flying guys in and only having 30 visits that you can have with prospects. At least you have them all in one location, and you can hit them all up right then and there. Absolutely, and that's the reason for it. But it used to be – that, you know, you set up your own individual workouts so there weren't home, like, home college workouts. Mm-hmm. You did it. You know, you might go in individually and work out a guy. Now there are so many uh, that are done at the school that it's taken away some of the luster of it. But, you know, when, we, when I would sit there as a DB coach, when they were going through the workouts with the DBs, they would do a drill – and I'd put a between one and ten. I'd put an eight, and then the next one a five, and the next one whatever, whatever it was, whatever the drill was. And then when you added them all up, you had kind of an order athletically of what you saw. But I never felt I really was, you know, was anything extremely big, because I wasn't right next to the guy, and I liked being right next to the guy and seeing how quick they're moving and things like that. But it's also a it's also a chance for you guys to see who's taking it seriously, right? Like, oh, are yeah. they in shape when they show up, right? Are they prepared? Like, the, here's another question. The grease board. How much can you glean from the grease board? You took the question right out of my mouth, but I was literally going to ask the same uh, exact mm-hmm. thing. How, how, how much can you really, as a coach, can you glean from that? 
I'm the, like you're working the quarterback on the grease board. Yeah. Can you tell when a guy – do red flags happen there when it doesn't work on the grease oh, board? Oh, I think they do from the standpoint that, you know, we always tried to stress them. You know, and we had a psychologist that was there as well. Really? You know, in the room during the interviews. And, uh, you, you know, if it was a if, – if I was an assistant coach, the position coach, I was in there for just those guys. As a head coach, I was in for all of them. And, you know, you stress them. You know, you, you, you put something up there, let, you know, draw your face front if you're a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd like to know if he knows what the other positions are doing. Well, you know, he'd draw it up there. Then you say, well, wait a minute. What happens if this guy goes over here? You know, there are some guys that just automatically, well, you know, we flip right here. Well, you just played a whole season on, in that defense. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what you do if they shift the tight end, that's a red flag, right. you know. But, you know, you don't put 100% into it, but you certainly get an idea of if a guy can get frustrated, whether he's got a lot of poise, you know, especially, when he's stressed, especially yeah. at the skill positions, yeah. you know, you get that idea. And I would think it's either a head coach, a general manager, whoever it is, you're creating the environment that you want to see them in, okay, not let them create the environment pro day-wise. That. That takes you to uh, let's see how quickly they get uncomfortable. Absolutely, and that's part of it. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know the assistant coaches obviously they get a pretty good feel for a guy because they spend a lot more time with mm-hmm. them. You know, they can be in a meeting with them for a half an hour, forty five right. minutes. Whereas you have so many of the meetings to go through with the main guys that mm-hmm. you it goes pretty quickly. So yeah. that's a that's a plus. I mean, there, there's pluses to it, or else they wouldn't do it. Oh, so, yeah. as we're talking grease board real quick, let's mm-hmm. talk quarterbacks. The team in this city doesn't need one. Thank goodness. I've had enough of that over mm-hmm. the last five years. Um, but there is a quarterback down the road who's going to be in Indianapolis that has gotten a lot of attention. That is, of course, one Anthony Richardson. So, my question for you is, and we've talked about this throughout the course of this week and last, and obviously, you know, knowing Anthony's camp like we do here on this show, if he goes and he puts on a show at the Combine, but he also – does well on the grease board. Which of those two for you says, okay, he's worthy of a top 10 pick or a first round pick and even a number one overall pick? Well, I think the skill part of it, he's already shown that he's got all the skills. I mean, you know, we were, you know, we were championing that in this room about when Trevor was struggling. You still looked at, you know, what he did with his arm, what he did with this, that, and the other thing. The, what he does on the board and, and that's done at their home. That's, you know, they'll do a little bit there. But in reality, you're going to his work, you know, work mm-hmm. out there. And there's mental, you know, you're setting up visits and all that. That's the main thing. And that's where Anthony Richardson's going to have to prove to a lot of people what he can do. Mm-hmm. All right. Before all we take our next break, I do want to hit a that of sorts. That just Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Old friend alert. No, not Jalen Ramsey. The Buccaneers plan to release running back Leonard Fournette when the new league year begins March 15th. General manager Jason Light mentioned recently that he felt Fournette was still a three down back in the league. Lombardi Lenny, still only 28 years old. Well, it goes right back to our argument. Running backs, they're the wear and tear, and we've been saying it forever. It just—I feel like they should demand a lot more money early because they ain't going to get it late. Hold out and get whatever you possibly can early to start things off. All right, so we got one more for Coach. 
I might throw a funky fact out there before we are done. For Angie's show, we'll hear them up in Indianapolis with the NFL Combine. So a ton of Combine talk coming up, including Doug Peterson and Trent Balky. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. They've got the combine going on up in Indianapolis. And somehow or another, sports betting has found its way to the combine. You will not believe some of the stuff that you can bet on when it comes to the combine. we got Coach Campo for another few minutes before we uh, hand it off to the Frangie Show. We also have a Campo and Joe podcast uh, after he went out west for a couple. He went. He basically did a city slickers trip. People really don't know know this, uh, but he ranched while he was out there, and then and then and then saddled saddled up and came back. How what? cool was it, by the way? Yeah. Well, pretty cool. And I did do some horsing around. Yeah, if, that's, if, that, <laughs> if that counts. Yeah, that counts. Okay, that's, all right. Bada boom! I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> So we will have a Campo and Joe podcast uh, coming up Facebook Live to start us off around 3 o'clock or wherever you go to check out on our 1010XL social channels. We hope that you'll be able to do it. But it's so funny that you can bet on so many different things. Even You're not even betting on who does it. What will the longest broad jump be over under? What will the highest vertical jump be? Uh, fastest 60-yard shuttle, all these different things. But, Coach, I, I don't think it's minutia. But for a scout, for a GM, for any of those guys, like you said, you had your little system and you were writing stuff down. Do they come back with just a pile of paperwork trying to figure out exactly what it means? They love it. <laughs> those guys, the majority of the scouts are all about yeah. how fast they ran the 40, how much right. they did that. They don't watch any tape. Yeah, You know, they might watch a little tape, but they're all, uh, you know, guys that – Metrics. You know, they're metric guys, yeah. you know, so – they love it, and they have a lot of – I mean, there's a lot of info there. And when you look back over the years, there's validity to it, or else mm-hmm. they wouldn't be doing it. You know, you look back when the, the Cowboys were one of the first teams with Gil Brandt back in the day that had all these statistics, oh, yeah. you know, of how, you know, how big, fast, all those kind of things. And, you know, they built a, a pretty good dynasty there for a long time. He would put them in a pile – and he said, "I'm just going off of that pile. I'm not if they yeah. if they don't meet this low requirement. Hey, they're not in my pile. I mean, honestly, the, a majority of the college coaches now do that. I mean, it yeah. started a, more than a decade ago with Saban. He walked mm-hmm. to Alabama, and he literally has it in their their war room. He there's a chart. We do not recruit a guy unless he's this tall, right. this heavy, this fast. Each position, yeah, each position has it. it. I don't doubt. And it. they don't. They do not veer from it." By, by the way, since you're on that subject with uh, Alabama, uh, I wonder if they said we do not recruit a quarterback that's less than 5'10". You know, and Bryce Young, you can't bet on his height, but you can bet on his weight. It is 197.5 pounds. So 5'10.5", 197.5? Do we need to start yeah. putting out that picture of me and him from yeah. last summer and just start – Putting it on like he a didn't billboard. look like five ten and a half then. I'm five two. No. Yeah, I don't. I think yeah. we need to start putting that out there this week. I think, I think this is the week to begin. I think he's five eight and a half, five nine. Now, do you think he weighs? Because over under quarterback one, though, man. Over under is one ninety seven so and a half. Hell of a quarterback. Well, of course he is. He's Did you see it's sort, of, it's sort of like Dave and yeah. yeah. you know in the, in the in the pro we were off the air and yeah. Dave was talking about Kansas basketball. He's yeah. talking about his mm-hmm. friend Bill Self and I say he's a cheater and he said if he wins, yeah, 
That's <laughs> yeah, it's true. In a different, in a different I can't vein. Believe, I can't believe you put that over the airways. He's a good friend of mine. I was kidding. He doesn't cheat. He just wins. He wins. I said he cheat, not you. Oh, okay. All Matt, right. Matt must remember our off-air rule. Okay, right, JJ? That, I said that, not yeah. not Dave. I want to make that very Thank clear. Thank you. I you just saved that. my life. Yeah. yeah. And all yeah. I ever said was. If you cheat, you better win. Yeah, that, that that's as simple as. Did it you gets. see Kuiper's thing though about mm-hmm. uh, about Bryce Young? Yeah. If he's if he's under 195, I'm not putting him as my number one quarterback. If he's over said? 195, yeah. I'm, he's going to be my number one. Yeah. Well, what if he's 193? It doesn't matter. <laughs> he's under 195. What if McShay McShay said that he heard that he was going to weigh in at like 185? Didn't yeah. he say that like yesterday? Yeah, I didn't actually catch that one, but. McShay, uh, he tweeted out something like, um, the rumors are he's going to weigh in at 185, and then McShay said, I don't know why any GM would touch him. Mm-hmm. McShay yeah. tweeted this out. Yeah, and I, Well, I'll I, tell you why they would touch him. Yeah. I've watched him play on the field. That's why they touch him. Well, we've seen a lot of great college players that do not translate to the National Football League. We have. League. We've also seen guys that do translate. And they said that, they said that uh, you know, this guy probably going to the combine, probably drinking whole milk left and right, just trying to put Get some elbows on. Get that weight up. <laughs> If you can sneak something in, uh, right. some kind of girdle of weight, do it. Can you drink like a gallon? I mean, if you drank a gallon of water, would that give you that weight? I don't know. You don't know? All right. No, I'm not. I, I thought for sure. Somebody's I thought for sure you heard like, you know, horror stories of what yeah, guys have done. I know, it, if you, if, I know if you sweat it out, you lose weight. Mm-hmm. If you, you Probably if you put it so in, So the inverse must weight. be right. Yeah. 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 Right. He'll try and load up, honestly. He'll try and calorie up these last – because – if he can take a, he's gonna I don't go know, to Golden Corral. Is that you telling me? Well, yeah. If he can take <laughs> oh, yeah, a three-week would... run, three-week run of say thirty-five to four thousand calories a day, and he'll come in looking like uh, Leonard Fournette when he weighed two hundred and fifty pounds when he showed up <laughs> to camp one time. You don't think he tried to do that his no. entire career at Alabama? Well, no, but he was playing. He's not like he's working out right now. He's not going to throw. Yeah, that, that my dad. He'll put you, weight on. My dad will. was a weightlifter. Yeah. Uh, a competition I love lifter. how you're adamant about that. Oh, He'll yeah. put weight on. Oh, he, there's no question he will. And he drank a gallon of milk yeah. every day. Yeah. A yeah. gallon? And lived to be 100. That's so awesome. I don't know what he cholesterol does. He drank a gallon does. of milk every That's day? That's a lot of milk. Yeah. Yeah, well, every time he lifted. Now, yeah. he might have lifted three days a week. Okay. I don't know. But but he drank a gallon of milk after he finished wow. every yeah. every time he lifted. That's wild. And he worked out. So that part. Hey, listen, I need to hear that about cholesterol, Coach, because I'm getting clobbered on the cholesterol front. I'll well, get it down. It's unbelievable. Just to be uh, uh, safe. I, 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 I can guarantee you, Mr. Drinking a gallon of milk, didn't have, he didn't care about cholesterol. He lived 100. What are you worried about? Uh, but I, I'm in the best shape I've been in. I can't tell you how long. Uh, and my cholesterol is sky high. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think they're lying to me. Might have something to do with the savages. I I think there's something wrong with the with the. uh, It was. I'm talking like approaching 300. You need to get it down. Get it down. Yeah, uh, I'm almost in a little bit of a panic mode. (laughs) According to our boy Dell, which thank goodness on the new text line server, the new interface, Mm -hmm. because we had lost his name on it, and I was like, "Where's Dell?" Yeah, we found Dell. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Dell. He says that all of the national draft podcasts that he's listened to say that Bryce Young is solely focused on being 200 pounds for the combine, yeah. and that could affect his play, which is probably why he's not throwing this week. And then he'll get bound back down yeah. to the playing weight and perform at his pro day. You can go to Churchill Downs, and you can see this happen on a on a nightly basis. Whenever they got to get to weight, oh. jockeys do it all the time. They'll purge and they'll gain. They'll purge. Well, boxers and gain. do the same well, thing. Wrestlers, wrestlers do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And 
he will come in. You know, Ky- Kyler Murray, he, he had some kind of little platforms, you know, off of Seinfeld, little platforms uh, so he could measure 5'11". I have this mental vision now of yeah. jockeys puking. Yeah. Right oh, yeah, they the do it all the time. Yeah, you ought to see what they do to cut weight. It's crazy. They said that there's, uh, you know, problems in the thoroughbred racing industry. Right. And it's not the thoroughbreds. It's, it's the, the jockeys. jockeys. Yeah. Right. What they're doing. Some of the drugs that they're taking to strip everything drugs. out of their body. Uh, when it comes to weight. Wow. That we're allowed to say on the air. A yeah. oh, couple yeah. other quick news and notes before we get ready to say hello to the Franzi Show, live from Indianapolis. Uh, Titans general manager, going to say it right this yeah. time, Rand Carthon. Rand Carthon. You yeah. didn't Car- say it right this time. Well, it's still good. You're well, close. Rand Carthon. Sorry, Gator fans. Uh, <laughs> he says that Ryan Tannehill is our quarterback. He's under contract. He will be a Titan. Do with that information what you will. Meanwhile, uh, Terry Fontenot, the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, did a sit-down interview with my good buddy, Miles Garrett. No, not that Miles Garrett. Uh, the Miles Garrett from Fox 5 Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He was asked who was the one player that stood out to him in his first combine process last year, and he said Desmond Ritter. Yeah, well. Uh, he, they drafted him, and Fontenot is a guy that's been around for a long time, and they needed to go get the quarterback. Uh, but how about that, Coach? The NFC South, have you taken a look at the quarterback? Yeah, it's a, bad, it's a bad uh, <laughs> desert over there, it looks <laughs> it like. Uh, I'm hoping that the AFC South is the same thing. Yeah, yeah except for this place, right? Yeah. Except for this right. place. All no right, question. we got to get ready for the Franchise Show. Thanks. Uh, we, we're happy you're back, and we'll crank out a Camp Angel podcast. You got it, guys. Thanks. You're ready for that. I know he'll be on Helmets and Heels later. He's going to be a busy man as soon as he steps back into the 904. I yeah. said Bill Self Jr. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yes, you did. And he is. He is. They're yes. still a top three <laughs> team in the Thank country. You. They're running it back. Yeah, it's XL Primetime. Hey, remember this? Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Gilbert's head. Way back. He looks up. You can put it on the board! Yes! Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs, with a touchdown! Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Damn sick and tired of getting out rebounded. 25 offensive rebounds. First time we block out, we get called for a damn block out. We're pushing people. Meanwhile, they're on the other court grabbing rebound, going over the top and grabbing them. We get one offensive rebound, the other we get called for over the back. We, we don't block out very damn well, and we're not getting called one or the other. What else do you want to know? Was it, is it just me? Am I the only one? It came down to offensive rebounds. The whole game was offensive rebounds. Crystal Clement walks out, gets called for blocking out. Crystal Phillips goes up for our only offensive rebound in the second half, gets it over the back call. Meanwhile, they're getting rebounds like they're going out of style. I'll bet any money I go back to that videotape and watch them. There's a lot of shoving going on. Sorry. I apologize, but I'm very frustrated. Sorry. Give it its that due. Was, that was like Jim Carrey. Sorry. Yeah. Give it its due. So it's Kevin Borseth, who's the former Michigan women's basketball coach, 2012. It was epic. <laughs> Eight. Eight. Ep- I mean, epic. He came into the press conference throwing the stats, the game stats, on the podium. He's not even at the podium. He's like three steps from it. He's throwing you, it on the podium. And you think it doesn't matter. And he started screaming and yelling, <laughs> and he's banging his fist. On the t- he cut his finger because he banged his fist on the dais. He's screaming about the lack of offensive rebounds. and whew. That's good. That's a good Modelo moment. You could plug that into any sport. And that meltdown is just the best. Whenever they lose it, 
they lose it, and everyone's just there. Roll tape, capture it, do whatever you can. All right, let's uh, well, let's capture what's going on up in Indianapolis right now. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Francis show up in Indianapolis, the NFL Combine, beginning yep, yep. in earnest today. And I'm telling you what, they were fired up and ready to go with those cameras, recorders, and all that stuff. Frank Frangie joins us now. Frank, uh, boots on the ground, ready to rock and roll. And I'll tell you something, Joe, been walking around the, the convention center since I got here. There's a buzz about the Jacksonville football oh, yeah. team. I don't know if you know ah, that or not. Yeah. I, I, I come to this thing a lot. I come to NFL functions a lot. We all do. You guys have all been. Mm-hmm. There is a buzz. There's a buzz about this group. I, I, and we expected it, but it's kind of cool to hear. You know what I mean? It's kind of oh, yeah. cool to hear it. It's kind of cool to uh, – we're, we're doing a um, – uh, we're doing a group thing that the three, the four play-by-play guys in the division are going to do. I've talked to some of those guys. I've talked to some of the national guys. Uh, they look at you differently, Joe. I mean, it's a, there's a buzz about Jacksonville's team. I hope we keep it going because that's the first time I've come here and it felt like this. Didn't feel quite like this in 18. You yeah. would think, you know, even though 17's team, uh, it, it feels different. It's kind of fun being around here. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's everything this time, Frank, compared to that one, and not to knock. Uh, you know, what was there, but right. what you're saying is the coach who's won a Super Bowl, the number one right. overall pick who looks like he's ascending, and then a lot of other talent actually coming through and making big plays. So I, I tend to agree with what you're saying, that people are looking around, they're taking notice. Yeah, you know, too, too Joe, I was kind of kidding Doug. Doug's, Doug's, Doug's grinning like a Cheshire cat around here, you know, that, and, he, and, he, and he's earned that, you know. He's so respected in the league anyway. He's just a really respected guy. And now he's been just he, – I mean, he has been just – he's been grinning and grinning and shaking hands and talking about everybody here and Trent too. So, uh, yeah, it's been a good time. So, today we'll do that. We're uh, Doug and Trent are both going to stop by. I'll have some time with both those guys. And so you'll hear from uh, the two principal guys. One of the main reasons you come is to talk to Doug and Trent and some of the stuff they've got going on here. You can hear from some of the other play-by-play guys around uh, the division in the league as well. Some of the national writers are here. But Hayes, Lauren, and I have got a lot planned for you. Love coming here. Uh, and, Matt, you know, it's very similar to the SEC media days. This is probably the equivalent yeah. of that, the, the NFL equivalent of it. And, uh, and Matty, you know how those days are when, when you're Georgia and you're walking around after winning back-to-back. You know, you know how Kirby's going to be walking around th- this year? We're all national, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's how this is. And, and, I, and I know Kirby won the whole thing and the Jags didn't win the whole thing, but based on where they've been. So all that coming up. We're going to give you some numbers, how many players from each school are here, um, some of the storylines here, the quarterback stuff is all around, and everybody's buzzing about it. So we've got a whole lot coming on our first day from the NFL Combine. All right, sounds good, Frank. We'll be listening. Thanks, man. But, okay, uh, fellas, thank you. By the way, Kevin Borseth is now the coach at Green Bay. Uh huh. Seven hundred and sixty-six career wins. Wow. So this isn't take just that, some, Gino. This isn't just yeah. some wild man. Exactly. Dude's take that, Oriama. That's exactly right. <laughs> he he right. might be a wild man too. All right. True. That's a good point. Before before we get out of here, uh, you know, we mentioned one of the uh, chain restaurants, uh, and then on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, huge jazz on the west side. Bryce Young will be hitting up the Olive Garden soup, salad, breadsticks because he's a man of culture. He will be <laughs> stuffing in some breadsticks before he hits the scales uh, up there in Indianapolis. That's for sure. All right, we are out. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. We say thanks to both of them for bringing you today's show. You'll love the people and the price, the service that goes with it. It's all there waiting for you. Beaver Chevrolet.com. Check them out on Phillips Highway. Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com right there on US1 in the AUG. And we definitely appreciate them bringing you Tuesday's show. Uh, you got the French show to follow. Then you've got the full line of helmets and heels at 6 o'clock.
with a special guest. Yes, yeah, the yeah. one, the only Coach Campo. Yeah, our, yeah. our, what do we call him? Our utility player yeah. here at 1010XL. He's coming in. He's going to pinch hit. And then, of course, we'll also have Miranda Rossum of the Players' Championship stopping by as so well. So that'll be good. Helmets and heels uh, uh, into the night. You normally have Rick, but Hack will be in that slot. Uh, so have a great rest of your day. Joe C., Mio O'Brien, Maddie Hayes, Coach Campo, Big Sersen, JJ.